I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his MB. Episode 38. Thank you for joining us for another episode of A Gay and His MB. We are so excited to be bringing you our thoughts on all things that we have watched this week. And we have trekked through the muck of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at this moment. Jeez. Uh, to, to get to recording Braving this. wildfires and smoke flumes. It was and like Mad Max Fury Road. But it we, was rough. But we made it. Um, um, you could show your appreciation by going to uh, gayandhisenvy.threadless.com <laughs> and ordering some merch. That would be much appreciated. We got six great designs over on there that you can go check out and get on a variety of different things. Um, yeah, and it would just be nice to have it this time where, you know, we kind of don't want to leave the house as much as possible because, you know, smoke inhalation. and But and we braved it for you. For you. For you. Because we need to tell you everything about Housewives and Drag Race. All and three of you. Yeah. Oh, no. There's more than <laughs> There's that. more than three. There's like five and a half. No, but... but and we, we are happy for every half person that listens. Yes, and we thank you so much for listening wherever you do, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Be sure if you listen to us to please leave a rating or a review because that helps us get into the algorithms. And who knows? We Maybe we'll be seen by six people now. Woohoo, six! <laughs> um, but no, uh, we always appreciate when you listen and leave a review. It's so, so very important to us, and we always uh, love when you do. Uh, be sure to follow us on all our social media, whether that be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We are posting new content over there all the time, including clips from the podcast. Um, we mentioned uh, com that you can definitely check out. Also, if you have a question for us that you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast, you can to submit that to us across our social media or by email at a gay and his MB at gmail.com. And we may answer it on a future episode of the podcast, babe. What do we have in store this week? This episode? Whew. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot, um, but uh, only three things, but a lot of content in those three things. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, things got a little bit, um, he did it in uh, Atlanta, as they are wont to do. Um, you know, things are exciting down there, as always. Um, lovely uh, start to the cash trip in OC. Um, got some fun things going on there. With one of maybe my favorite fights in Housewives this year. It's so good. It's it's just it so fucking petty and <laughs> stupid. And I I really needed this at a time when our entire Upper East uh, quadrant of the country is bathed in smoke. We needed this bit of fresh air. We need <laughs> to be fighting through. over the real issues. <laughs> the real issues, like who who could give someone the ability to be in a movie, and why are you insulting my IMDb page? <laughs> exactly. I just twenty two episodes felt like an insult. But like, also not. It was like it was clearly like a compliment. But also, no, that was insulting. Who knows? We'll get to it. But before we talk about any of the housewives drama that went on this week, we're talking about the drama in the workroom on RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars season eight. All Stars eight. Uh, we come back into the workroom as uh, Lalari has just sent Kahana home. Um, the, there was a lot of. Um, Narrative building throughout the episode, I will say uh-huh. that. Um, Alexis being so thankful that she was like, I, I still love when they play back the clip of uh, Lala pulling Kahana's lip sync and just Alexis going, oh, 
<laughs> like, okay, come on. Like, like, look, she's a dramatic bitch. Mm. Do I feel like she's fake? No, yeah, well, I don't feel like she's <laughs> fake. I feel like she amps up, perhaps, but I think the emotion itself is real. Possibly, I can see that. Like she knows what she knows. She's on a television. It show. comes from a real place, but she is a performer. So I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah, and she basically tells Lala that you know how grateful she is. You know, and that she'll be the grateful for the rest of her life. I'm like, okay, and <laughs> and that she'll never forget her saving her. Okay, forty minutes later. Yeah, um, we come back into the workroom the next day. Jimbo is like throwing baloney at everyone in the workroom. <laughs> Stinky baloney, apparently. Yeah, came it, from her nether regions. It looked like. Uh, well, I I still think that was my favorite talent show performance that they've done oh, on, on Drag Race, at least in terms of memorability and like. Uh yeah yeah. Um, but we then immediately go into the maxi challenge for this week. RuPaul comes to the workroom and it's another design challenge. And this one is, uh, basically you have to make a look inspired by previous all-stars winners. There's five boxes mm-hmm. of five previous winners, um, with fabrics that are in fabrics and baubles and whatnot that are inspired by these Queens. Clearly, you have to make it your own and make it work. Right. And it, was, it wasn't even like specific, like, this is from this look. It was right. very much like, this is something someone would wear. This is like, if someone ate Trixie Mattel and then threw them up on a mood board, that's it. That's what you got. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wish there were, I mean, <laughs> I do wish there was an Alaska box if there, you know, if there were going yeah, to be but we, winners. And we know that there's tension there. So. But it's like, that's the, like, to me, that's where you would throw the wrench necessary. Because you're going to put in there tra- black trash bags. You're going to put in there, like. Sure. But she has made her allegiances to moguls of media known. Sure. Um, and that she is one of the heads of moguls of media. Which, there was that good point that someone made, I think, last week. Of well, Yeah, well, it had to have been last week. Of, like, did they give her any? I doubt it. Did they give her anything for the use of Lil Pound Cake? Who knows? Probably not, because it, I guarantee you in their contract that shit belongs to Drag Race. Mm. But Alaska's used it in other videos, I think, and, like, and stuff. But Sure. But I think they probably didn't call her on it because she's a winner. Mm. And the bad press from that would be awful. Sure. Um, like if it was some nobody, like, I don't know, half the people on this season, um, <laughs> they may have gotten uh, a cease and desist letter. But I don't think they would go after Alaska like that. Probably not. Um, because Lala, if it was Willem, they would have marched their butts over there across the street. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I can see that. Um, because Lala won the challenge last week, she gets to basically decide everyone's uh, boxes essentially, and she was pretty equitable. I would say with I everyone, agree. Uh, she picked Shea Kool Aid for herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes sense to me. Uh, she gave uh, Alexis Trinity the tux box. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave. Jessica Wilde, Kylie Sony gloves. Mm-hmm. Candy Muse gets Monet Exchange, and mm-hmm. then Jimbo at the end getting Trixie Mattel. All made sense. You were saying like you could you could have seen the Alexis and Jessica switching. I would say maybe the closest reason to pick it with like for the way Lala picked is because those are two people that were on their original seasons. Yes, but Lala's reasoning that she gave was she wanted to see. Alexis naked, which 
I get it, girl. I mean, we've seen it this season already. I mean, but like, what I mean, though, is that if you, if one of those five queens was up there and someone said, pick the one that's the most naked all the time, I'm picking Sonique. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Like, I think, yeah. Like, if I was going to assign her someone for the sole purpose of getting her naked... It's so neat. Yeah, because Jessica was worried when she got the... Level All like her fabrics were transparent. And see-through, yeah. So it's like, uh, um See, I use the word transparent because Sonique is a trans woman. Correct. So tra- get... Moving on. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. Um, but so they're going through and, and working on their designs and that. Uh, Jimbo is like sort of procrastinating in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she makes the comment later that she was fingering everyone else's looks and should have been fingering her own. Uh-huh. The ADHD was strong on this episode with Jimbo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, well, you never get a good sense too with drag race of like how, like obviously we see them constructing things, but mm-hmm. like the time frame of things, like I think it's because we also have been watching the recent season of Project Runway is why I'm thinking of this, where it's like you literally see like, how I kind of wish it was it. more structured that way, but I think it would make a whole lot of sense if they're not doing design challenges every week. Yeah, it feels like so. Like we see their we see their sketch, and then we see like them maybe sewing a stitch on something, mm-hmm. and then we come to the workroom next day, and then the look is there. Yeah, and it's like I would love to see how we got here. You know what I mean? Like, and then like they do like three seconds of them running around the, the workroom trying to get ready. And then when they walk out on the runway, the look is completely different than what it was like a different yeah. color palette sometimes. <laughs> and it's like, how did you get the here? Exactly. Like, what did you, how, what did you put, what machine did you put this into to pop out this look? I, I want it. Yeah. Um, we see Raven and Chanel come in mm-hmm. to do walkthroughs. Um, I love Raven. Chanel was auditioning. Well, Chanel <laughs> Chanel knew what shows you. I feel like it was literally like this came off very like, so here are your guys' talking points. Insert uh-huh. them into the conversation. Like of, you know, talk about Alexis being happy about being saved. Talk about Jimbo being the front runner and that she might get picked off by, you know, mm-hmm someone if she stumbles and you and shit i was like i know what to do to like you know and the questions that you want me to ask to to leah's story <laughs> she's so. like pardon me i originated the language i know it like i get it like i get that you have a tv show and i get that it's like you need to like you know tell a story but it's like yeah but i mean it it seems very much like Chanel was like, see, Rue, I could take over when you're done. <laughs> I'm very I good at this. <laughs> I, well, I, I, don't, don't, I don't know that she didn't think it. I, I think I, that I that's what she, she was doing. It, but I don't know if that's a possibility. Oh, I don't think it is either. I think if this was the only thing that they were judging on, mm-hmm. absolutely, because she did phenomenal. Right. Honestly, if it wasn't for the, like, if you were just talk, like, talking about what she said and the expressions and mannerisms and all of those things, she kind of did better than Rude does most of the time. Yeah. She felt more personable. She felt more realistic. Mm-hmm. She was able to give a canned response in a way that was convincing. So, like, I don't know. But there's so many other things that go into hosting and producing this show. Right. And... 
being like, I mean, let's just face it, the head of the drag community in the world, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so it, it takes a lot more than being able to deliver a few responses convincingly in the workroom. But um, what she did was very impressive. Yeah. And it's also just like, like, so the other thing was like, they had, they were talking with Candy and Raven makes the point to be like, are you going to have enough fabric? I mean, doing a full gown, you're gonna, you you have to make sure that you have enough fabric. And I was like. Because see, Raven cuts through the bullshit. <laughs> but like, how, like, how, tran- like, that makes me think what happens later on is like, it, like, in my head, I was like, did you stage this? Or were you just asking, like, how long did these sessions last? Did they last like an hour and you just threw out any possible scenario that could happen that would like be like a drama- dramatic moment? And you just pick the one because how was she oh. supposed to predict that like that would literally happen to Candy like later in this episode? Sure. But if you'll remember, Candy is not the one that did three different garments and ended up walking out there looking like uh, Wilma Rubble or not Wilma Rubble. Wilma, Wilma Rubble. Flintstone. <laughs> Flintstone. Sure. She left Fred and married Barney later. You didn't no, know that? No. Yes. Wilma Flintstone. Yeah. But it's like. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's first. Well, because so they then start working on their looks more, and then like Candy's like, Well, I was cutting my top, and like the because Candy also makes the point to say in the walkthrough, like, I'm I wanted to make sure it's floor length, like make the mm-hmm. emphasis that like it's a floor length, you know, gown, and I have enough fabric there to in case I make a mistake. And then, of course, inevitably, she makes a mistake where she cuts, but like, I don't two. think that's why it was short. If no. you look at where it hit, it hit at her heel. She didn't measure with her in shoes. The issue, we'll get to it, but the issue uh, to me wasn't the shortness with that it, that whole thing. The top, like the proportion of like where the seam for the top and like the, where it started, like where the boobs were placed and yeah. of that was off. Uh-huh. And that's more, that was more my issue than anything. That's fair. That, uh, that's very, that, that could be it. Mm-hmm. There's also all this discussion about Jimbo not wearing any makeup under her face kini and like look if she was because they showed the picture of um rue and and well but monet exchange on the mm -hmm. runway and the face kini and like it's got giant holes in it for her mouth and her eyes and so clearly you've got to you've got to have makeup on under that because all of that's visible nobody checked with Jimbo when she wasn't actually making a face Keeney, she was making a face Birkin. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> like she made a ski mask with no holes. Yeah, and I like how it turned out at the end of the day. It's just like I and also, but it's I don't I don't get the critique of like, oh, you're not wearing makeup. So like if you don't have any concealer on, therefore you're not on drag race and you're disqualified. It's like what? Like, is the look good? <laughs> like I don't Yeah. Like I I think it's a little, cr- I mean, Candy was right when she was like, eh, I don't think Michelle's going to like that because obviously yeah. Michelle brings it up on the runway, but it's like, fuck Michelle. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah, that's, that's my thing. And then Lala, like the next day basically had to essentially redo her look because the, she had this like, which I was excited for. She had this like really gra- graphic purple, like glittery print that was mm-hmm, very like, mm-hmm. you know, could have been a real impactful moment, but because she had never shown it down before, she didn't know about like how to line something like that up right. to where like everything would like. So she, she just cut out random sections of this pattern and it's like, girl, that's, that's like a very graphic 
pattern on this fabric, you've got to line up the seams. You've got to, you can't just do a pattern uh, a patterned fabric all willy dilly like that. Yeah. So she basically had to be like, scrap all that and then do something else with like another thing last minute. And so, yeah, uh, that's frustrating. Um, yeah. Especially since because it would have been gorgeous. Yeah, and Lala did so good in that she had that such a redemption moment with mm-hmm. the the last design challenge. It's like. Yeah, that was frustrating. Um, let's go to the main stage where we can talk about some of these looks. The guest judge is Brandon Boyd from Incubus. Okay. I don't know why. I, I don't either. Both, that was random. Both him and I was I was frustrated. I mean, he seemed like a nice enough guy. But like both him and Ross being the judges, I was like, what are we doing? Like, why isn't Carson the judge on the fashion challenge? I think because um, this week is going to be the Carson roast, and they didn't want him two weeks in a row, maybe. Uh, yes, but like... That, that seems like a real dumb reason to not have the fashion expert on the fashion show. Yeah, but it's also happened... I think, I don't th- I think Ross was on for the ball, too. If I'm uh, that's why I'm like they keep putting in. It's like Ross is not a fashion queen. Stop trying to make Ross happen. He's barely a comedy queen. Like so, like it's like let's fix that. I don't yeah, know. it just seemed weird. I, I just I question Rue's taste in comedy when she doesn't laugh at things that are hysterically funny, and then she laughs at Ross Matthews. Yeah, that is a problem. Um, we go to, let's, so let's go through each of these looks. Okay. And sort of our general thoughts on them. Uh-huh. Um, let's start with candies with her Monet exchange. And this one also, there was the issue with the top, as I mentioned before, mm-hmm. it did feel like what you had mentioned, which is like, it's the thing where it's like, it hits the ground when you're making it, but then you put on heels yeah, and then the length is off. It, it, it overall looked good looked yeah. very good gorgeous like that fabric was amazing mm-hmm. and would make an absolutely gorgeous gown i think the gown had a few detail issues she but also, other than that it looked good she also was talking in the workroom about wanting to do these like red patent leather gloves with it mm-hmm. and they didn't have she didn't end up doing it and i was like that would have been i feel like that would have taken it the extra step where I it agree. wasn't just a black dress I agree. Um, I will credit the one thing I will credit Candy on though. I thought her hair and her makeup was the best that she's looked this season. Yeah, her makeup gets a lot of shit online, you know, all the time. Really, it really, uh, yeah, it's a little like it's because it's not the, it's not the clean not the cleanest lines. It's a little more graphic. It's a little more you know. My only issue with Candy's makeup is that her highlight is too bright and her contour is too dark, and she doesn't really marry the two very mm. much. Um. But, like, if she blended a little bit more, and she has. She has gotten a lot better. It looked really well blended. And, like, and I will say, I'm not, like, the end-all, be-all to be critiquing someone's makeup, okay? <laughs> but I can look at something and see whether it looks good. And for the most part, she does look good. It's Again, it's the same thing that I had with her, um, with her gown. It was just couple details like here and there like it could be yeah 10 times better if just these things are tweaked i agree um but for me i didn't think she should have been in the bottom two this week do you have someone new? oh i think i know who you would put over. i completely disagree with the assessment of someone else yeah i think we'll get to it um it, not jimbo's i know jimbo's was Fabulous. Jimbo's was great. I love the. I thought it was a really well executed face kini in terms of like 
I wish there had been contrast between the face kini and the pearls because mm. they were they didn't read as um well they just didn't pop off of the face kini they kind of blended in a little bit too much and that could have just been what was showing up on screen versus in person it could have been very different on stage yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. like i don't know and she had these big like puff sleeves gorgeous and, like, it was yeah it was really well done and and, and, and it well really was it was the one where I could see the inspiration queen, but also could see where they, they were. Yeah. Took it from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could. T- yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think like <laughs> I loved all the jokes like afterwards of just Jimbo not being able to see anything. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Just like stumbling over. <laughs> well, because she had like pinholes for for her to see through yeah they dismiss them at the end to like go to the back and jimbo like walks to the other end of the stage (laughs) not that way jimbo (laughs) yeah um so let's go uh alexis michelle's look stunning the really great color on her i love the color contrast of that like purpley like sort of blue with the hair that really sort of like Mm -hmm. orangish hair um it was very like hell not hello dolly but like sort of that that Era. era yeah yeah which is it was very unlike trinity it was stunning but also this is the shape of a gown that trinity would wear mm-hmm. it's a color that of hair that uh trinity has worn and that like the that wig looked like a trinity wig yeah but it also was very alexis it felt like the evolution of what we've seen from her season and everything on this season. So I was I was really impressed with this look. Thought it deserved the win. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, then we had Lala's. It, again, it was a little like... Yeah. It sucked. Well, one, it sucked that she had to do all that like with such less time. Yeah. Like it kind of showed in that regard. It wasn't that like exciting or like that... The, there, like there were problems with fit, like the neck piece wasn't all the way around her neck. Yeah, um, the one sleeve thing didn't like it. <laughs> I, I loved her explanation in the end, though, which was like they were like, "It looked like you like ran out of time or something." It's like, "Well, yeah, I actually ran out of fabric, so that's why I did the one sleeve." <laughs> and I that cracked through the fuck up. But I would have taken the other sleeve off. Yeah, I would have rather just be completely sleeveless. Yeah, um, yeah, I. It it was sad because I really think her original idea um, could have been so could have been like in the top. Yeah, and the wig was also bad. Yeah, the you, wig was. You not were great. like, oh, look at that wig! It's like, like it looked like she didn't even glue that down. It was like, yeah, it was oh, but, rolling up and. But it it was also not her wig, so the lace color was wrong for her. Oh, okay. That was the issue. I didn't know that. It was it was white lace, not. Oh, that's brown probably lace. what it yeah. is. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It was not my... I, she also does such good bald looks that I yeah. really wish she just would have went bald then. Yeah. Like, I agree. I think that she... I honestly think she needs to make that her thing. I mean, I... She's I know that there's a hair. couple others that do that, but it looks so good on her. Yeah. I really think so. Um, and then we had Jessica with her Kylie Sonique love look. I'm guessing this is the one that you would say you would have also put Oh, on. it was awful. It wasn't. I hated that fabric I, combination. I didn't like the combination when she was showing it off of, and she. I think she said to Raven and like Chanel, a, "Like, oh, these really go together." I'm like, "Do they?" It looked like a, like some sort of orangey fish stuck in a wet in like a net. Yeah, it was like, are are you trying to be like the mermaid? Or? It read more yellow when it got on the runway. 
but it was still like with that bluey, greeny, aquamarine thing. Yeah. It was not good. Not, not, it was not good. Not the greatest. I thought the construction was good. I think that's the thing that sort of helped her. And sure. And I think like, it moved nicely. Like I like when she would turn and then you would get that sort of like cascade of the like silvery fabric that was yeah. like that I liked. Apparently it read silver in person, but I was getting all sorts of other colors with it and it's just not mm. it was not good. I'm yeah. sorry, girl. I yeah. I think that it did I think if the if I'm analyzing their decision justifiably, it probably comes down to like fit and construction over did this look yeah. you did you know what I mean? Because like, at that point it that's a choice that the producers made to give them that fabric. Right. <laughs> like, but also she had other options in that box. So I just, I don't know. I just, I, I'm on both sides of it. I see where they're like, well, we gave them this shitty fabric, but they've also done that before, put people in the bottom for what they gave them to do. Cough, cough, uh, uh, Katya in the musical or in the rusical on uh, All Stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuck with Princess Die and then got mad at her for that shitty ass writing they gave her. Uh, given, and the shitty ass choreo. Given, and the shitty ass gown that she had to cut the train <laughs> off of because she couldn't get down the goddamn runway in it. Right. I was going to say, like, non gay icon Stevie Nicks being given the Thorgy Thor. Oh. Stevie Nicks is not a gay icon. I will say she's a gay icon, but then they were mad at her for accurately portraying. Stevie Nicks. Sure. That was Stevie Nicks on that stage. I don't care what you fucking say. Yeah, we can we, we can rehash old demons all day. Oh, we can so rehash old demons. We got a list. Um, but no. So as you mentioned, Alexis wins the challenge. Um, and then the bottom two are Candy Muse and La La Re. And this is kind of a conflicting space in the sense that both of them have pretty much the same track record. This mm-hmm. is really both of their first times in the bottom, and they both have one win kind of on even playing grounds. Alexis is conflicted in the sense of like, you know, there's all, there was talking on talks about like the Alexis had proposed apparently an alliance, like really early with candy. Like, secretly, like secretly, with a note. which like, That's okay. So Alexis. Michelle. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like one, I would have loved to know that in the beginning of the season, but like, you know, yeah, come on producers. Um, but and there, but then also what she had been saying to Lala about, like, you know, I'm so thankful. Like, I will give you my left kidney because you saved me. I will, like, yeah. do anything to protect you. But it's sort of that vibe. And it's like, well, to shit. be fair, she did not say, I will save you. She said, I will remember this forever. Yeah. I, and did, she will remember it while she's sending her ass home. I'm pretty sure she said, in. I'm pretty sure she used the word indebted. I will give you five bucks when I win this bitch. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. And I think. I didn't say I would pay up now. You read into that. I'm just saying. Sure. Um, I think that I think this is the place to play. I don't understand the if she was maybe going based off of who did the worst in the challenge. I would maybe I. I think that's what she was doing. I guess I would say Lala, but like to me, she, the bigger competition is Candy, at I, least in terms of who has the potential of winning. I agree. Um, I think she was in a lose-lose situation as far as public opinion. Yeah. Um, because I think she would have gotten the blue hydrangea um, treat, treatment. 
if she had sent Candy home. Um, because they were already hating her, and they were already coming for her for just arguing with Candy twice before, right. and being upset that she was stressed and like. But being Candy was put getting. On the, Candy was also getting a lot of hate equally, though. I would say online. Was she? I wasn't seeing any hate coming for Candy. Really? Everybody was going after. Alexis. I think Alexis had a. There was a. Well, Alexis was getting in a lot from the Heidi stuff, right? For not speaking up or whatever. In that moment. she was getting stuff from the Heidi stuff. She was getting stuff from the first time that her and Candy argued about roles. Yeah. And then the second one, and like the fact that she is just an emotionally overwhelmed person, mm. and. So she just maybe it's I think Candy probably like get I, I'm sure it's just a string of stuff from Candy like that she gets like yeah in terms no of I'm Candy I'm sure gets a lot of hate from a bunch of racist assholes like I'm not arguing that at mm. all um, like we've seen the numbers and how awful this fan base is to people of color yeah um, but um, I I do think that. Alexis was getting a lot of hate to nowhere near the same amount, but you know, I felt it was undue hate and, um, you know, like it's, it's just frustrating. And I think she was between a rock and a hard place and she knew she was going to get flack for either way. So she tried to not take, um, grudges or alliances into account and just play it down the middle. And, you know, I kind of think it's the right call, but then she like, got the backlash from fans and like did you see the tweet she sent out where it was like if i could have changed my mind today i would have oh really and i didn't s- see that and then candy quote tweeted that and she was like fuck my drag right <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> like, shit i mean no her and candy are fine now no, like yeah, yeah, yeah. um so like i don't get why anybody's more mad than the queens involved in the situation yeah. just double like that's the big thing like i get and then obviously nobody should receive like massive amounts of hate for the most part um uh, there's a couple who shall couple. not be named um but it's like to me i feel like nine times out of ten depending on the scenario obviously but like nine times out of ten double down just be like yeah i sent her home and i had made the decision I did and it. i'd do it again Sorry. send her ass home um so but uh let's so before we get to that so the lip sync the lip sync assassin is Nikki Doll. Interesting choice. They're playing a little bit fast and loose with that term. <laughs> assassin. You mean someone who walks down the street, brandishes a knife at you, and then goes, yeah, I'm not going to be able to kill you. Sorry. It felt, it definitely felt like a, like, okay, well, we've got, like, like somebody dropped out or something. Or there was some, like, scenario. Also, I feel like this could be, like, because there's all those reports about, like, glo- the, the, they're doing a global all-stars right soon. Uh-huh. And that, because I think Pangina's on it, and I have a feeling that a lot of the assassins are also people who are on global all-stars. And perhaps a one uh, miss, uh, uh, what's her name, that was just uh, standing in for Rue in the workroom from season one. Season, season oh Chanel Chanel you know yeah who knows it, it's possible but it, it, why else drag her out of the closet <laughs> she mm. has been put away a, for she's so local. long I think she's I mean that's fair like but like it also was like okay most queens are these days you know you host Drag Race France let's bring you France. on France <laughs> 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 
You said that when she came out, and it was the funny. I died by it. I just, I still love the the, the Miss America. It's the funniest shit. Never gets old. Um, I will, but you know, like I said, fast and loose with the term assassin. I thought Nikki looked great. I will say, I thought it's there's something about like, I don't know if she's got any work done, but like it's like there's something a little bit more like, yeah, feminizing about her face that I really appreciate. Um and and thought uh came off really well, um but they lip sync to these boots are made for walking by Nancy Sinatra and as much as I we say she's not a lip sync assassin I thought Nikki did good in this lip sync I think this was her best lip sync she's had on Drag Race <laughs> I don't think that that's necessarily a difficult thing to do no um I also think that perhaps the song was chosen that way for a reason because she is a host of one of the shows and if you make her look bad it makes the franchise look bad as opposed to if you just make some random queen that has been on the show before look bad well yeah um but i wouldn't think this would be nikki's song in fairness i wouldn't either but it certainly you know it was an interesting lip sync. You weren't a fan? <laughs> Not a fan. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't like mid-tempos. Yeah. I don't really like ballads for the most part, but like, I'd rather a ballad than a mid-tempo song because you can't dance to it. Yeah. What the fuck are you supposed to do to that? Once it got into that last stretch... My boots are made for walking, twerking your ass over on the corner. Sure. Once it got into that last stretch where like it picks up <laughs> tempo, like I thought it was like... I wanted a little more of that section... It was like they picked up tempo and then like said, at least give us the club mix or something. <laughs> what's the what's the um the mix that they they it's always because it's it's always like uh, uh Whitney Houston something something mix that they do on Drag Race. <laughs> like I forgot what it is, but it's like I'm sure he has a mix for pretty much anything. So oh, I'm sure you've got DJs on the cast of previous like Trixie. Get sure. Trixie to remix something for you. Mm -hmm. You've literally got a drag queen in your basement, chained to the wall. Yeah. Getting tortured by a Russian drag queen. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, but Alexis ends up winning, uh, wins $10,000. And as we mentioned, uh, sends uh, La La Re home. What was the, oh, she makes, she is about to, she does her speech to like pull out the lip sync. And then she does like, a, you know, I forgot exactly what it was, but it was like, oh, and these queens are both these queens are both amazing, because I and and when I say that, I'm not joking, bitch. I'm like, <laughs> I, um, I I was like, this is so fucking cringy. Random Coco reference, okay? Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. Someone compared it to that one. Remember that one All Stars where Mo uh, Mo Hart had to pull hers, and she was just like, they these girls are amazing, and they give you the ooh ah ah sensation. I'm like, okay, don't like like. I don't believe this is a serious moment for you when you're quoting like, you know, it would be one thing if she was sending home Kahana that yeah. would have made sense because that's her drag mom. She did her for snatch game of love. So like I would get maybe using that yeah. in the speech, sending her home. I get that. Not here. Not like, what the fuck does Lala Ree have to do with Coco Montrese? Nothing. No, Not a damn thing. Say something about an experience, because that's the whole, her thing is like Lala Ree experience. I don't know. Um, I don't know how you weave that. But uh, Lala ends up going home. Um, Lala didn't take it, didn't seemingly take it too personally, um, at least front facing. So 
you know, and she'll be entered into the Fame Games and and everything like that. I think she'll <laughs> on a sorry on sibling rivalry, which is uh, uh-huh. Bob the Drag Queen and Monet Exchange's uh, podcast that they do. Um, <laughs> Monet was like. I would have tried to fight her. <laughs> you you better believe I would have squared up on that main stage. <laughs> uh, I need a really aggressive like like there's all there's a lot of passive aggressive exits from people who are upset. I need a good aggressive exit from Drag Race that needs to happen. Oh, you mean day. like just walking off the stage without saying anything? Yeah. Who well, was that? Who was it that did that? Well, there's. Well, Dahlia did it. Dahlia, um, yeah. There's been a co- to me though that still classifies as passive aggressive. Like you're you're holding it in to like sort of like to me. I need someone to curse someone out. <laughs> like like straight up. That'd I need be so some- good. Yeah. It's so messy. <laughs> I need Rue to have the Tyra Banks moment that she's always been wanting to have. <laughs> we were rooting for you. <laughs> we were all rooting for you. She's already got more Emmys than you can. Shake a stick at I don't know. Well, it's the one. What was the? Oh, um, you remember that show Skin Wars? Oh yes. And Ruse had that moment on there, just like get out. <laughs> what was it? You disgrace this competition with your bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's I like, remember that. It's like oh god. Uh, speaking of Skin Wars, uh, more Rebecca Romaine on Drag Race. Please. Oh, that's right. I forgot she hosted that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was All Stars. We're down to four. I th- I th- was. So I guess we're doing top three. I, I thought guess. it was usually top four, but um, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> like you mentioned, uh, next week is the Carson uh, Cressley roast. So that should be interesting to see. Um, yeah. And uh, we'll have to see how this shakes out. I'm uh, As far as winners, I'm leaning Jimbo. Yeah. I think that makes the most sense. I think that makes the most sense too. Maybe Jessica. Yeah, um, I think we're going into the roast, so I think Candy wins this next challenge. Oh, you think so? Probably. I mean, it's a roast. I don't see Jessica or Alexis or Jimbo Candy winning Candy won the this. roast on her season. That's fair. Um, and she did really well hosting that SNL thing mm-hmm. earlier this season, which is similar. It's a stand-up type position, so like, I get it. Um, Why do I imagine Jimbo bombing this? Yeah, I like I, and it's so weird. Like I feel like Jimbo is funny. Yeah, but I wonder if the humor f- translate it translate in this realm. I she has to do something bonkers like the Shirley Temple, or she has to do a character, character to sort of like she she has to do a stinky finger you know, investigator, whatever, forensic scientist person. Mm. She's got to do something like that. You know, maybe it's Carson's mother. Yeah. Or, you know, something of that nature. I think she did the Haters Roast tour actually recently. So I hope. I, oh, well, may, maybe she'll be okay with that then. Yeah. I, she's the one who I can clear. I can see the pathway of. Oh, I for, but I forgot Alexis bombed her roast too. Yeah, wasn't that the the, the one in the green? Um, I'm I'm sorry. Do you watch the Tamar, show? Do you watch the show? <laughs> or Tamar, not Tamar. Tamar. Um, yeah. So that should be interesting. To that see. that was probably one of the most iconic reads from a queen <laughs> to a judge. So good. <laughs> Other than the the Raja one from last season's of All Stars towards Michelle that we didn't actually get. 
the who are you to drug that we have heard reports of what happened. Oh, remind me what it is. Um, where there was um, there was a episode during last season of All Stars, right. which is the all winter season, where and I think it was like the first or second episode, and Michelle was like overly harsh on Raja mm-hmm. and she lost her shit. It didn't make it to the cut of the show because clearly. Because why? But, that would actually be entertaining. Right. <laughs> that would have got you another Emmy. God damn it. But she literally goes, who are you to judge drag? Who the fuck are you to sit there and lord over a, a something along those veins? I don't know exactly what the words were, but I know that she said, who are you to judge drag? Yeah. Um, that has been the report from the other queens on the show. Um, I would I love, love I would love to hear that shit. But I yes, I love Raja. She is an icon. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, uh, former queens left. Uh, coming down to the uh, end of it, we'll see how it turns out on All Stars Eight. I think um, it's Jimbo, unless she bombs the roast. Yes. If she doesn't, then it's Jimbo. If she does, it's probably Candy. Who wins? Maybe. I could say. I, I could think say. the other two have a chance, but I'd say those are the two that are the most likely. Okay. Yeah. I can see that being, being the case. Um, let's take a quick commercial break, though. And when we come back, we're talking about the newest episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, much. Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination and equity and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay in His NB. We are coming to you live from the set of My New Boo Went to Prison 2 in Atlanta. Oh my God. <laughs> 
Oh, jeez. Uh, we'll get to that. I, I loved... I didn't love the end to this episode because I... I won't say I didn't care, but it's like the... the Marlo, we've talked on the podcast before. We've kind of waned on in many ways for obvious reasons. See, so her like sort of personal storyline being like the thing that concludes thing was concludes things wasn't my favorite choice. See, you say waned like it started in a good place. I I, I was one of the hopefuls like before she got her peach of being like, well, maybe Marlo would be good on the show. I was in that Wendy Williams camp. I well maybe didn't think it through. Um. <laughs> Well, but, but we we all make mistakes. Um, <laughs> we start the episode though at Drew's house. Um, Drew's <laughs> Drew's taking her daughter's temperature because she's just come recovering from being sick or whatever. And she's like, "Oh my god, 106!" Like, <laughs> like, "Oh no, it's 98." And your brain is boiling. <laughs> yeah. oh, this is fun. <laughs> oh, there's a, a a zombie talking to me. Great. Um, <laughs> but no. Uh, and so Drew's with her assistant, and they're um uh, getting ready, obviously, for like the music video and stuff like that shooting it uh the her assistant talked about like oh i really want to see the choreo and drew like struggled. hold on does drew use the word shooting <laughs> bye <laughs> or does she use the word we're going to go incident in our music video <laughs> i cannot <laughs> that's oh my god uh d- just full disclosure, I'm a little bit loopy because this no, like, that was perfect. <laughs> this uh, wildfire gotta, smoke is just woo. Words matter though. Words matter. Um, <laughs> no, but, but see, she's from Chicago, and they don't use the word shooting. <laughs> no one in Chicago has ever said that word. Never, never said it. Um, Drew's struggling though with Alexa. To like, she's like Alexa, play "Already Know" by Drew Sedora, and <laughs> the Alexa going. Couldn't find already know by Juice World, <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> and then she can't. She's like, although Juice World is a great boy band name. Mm, there, I, I, I'm so out of touch with like modern music. I know the name Juice World, but I don't know anything about. Like, I think it's a rapper. Is it a I, thing? Oh it's wow, a, it's a rapper. Like. Yeah. So, Who knows? Um, and um, she can't. Look, she her choreo is off. Like she she's like, wait, what was it? Like. Oh no no no! It was, like she was, I was like, "You're filming this tomorrow, and you can't remember." Well, yeah. How and it's one thing that I remember. Like, well, think, to how, be to, to be fair, she had already filmed the part with the choreo the day before. She was doing the the next day the part at the skate rink with the girls, which right. didn't have choreo. It was just yeah skating around. But, I haven't watched the music video. I know it's out. I haven't watched it either. Um, you really like the song. I really do like the you song. You said something that I thought was crazy, though. Look. I'm going to let this, you say it. Take this with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. I do think the hook of Already Know mm-hmm. is better than Drive Back. I'm just saying. It's a little bit more catchy. A little bit now. I like the I like. I, but I the only am, thing I've listened to is the hook, really. Sure, the rest of the song might be absolute ass. Mm. We don't know. Um, we haven't listened to it, <laughs> but I do have not to one say of the thirty thousand. But <laughs> yeah, not one of the thirty thousand. Um, but I will say that Drive Back is on my uh, constant playlist, as is Insecure. 
Mm. Shout out to Candace Dillard Bassett. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Ralph comes in um, and we find out from Drew that her mom is coming over to the house uh, for the weekend that they're doing the music video. And her sister Allison is also coming over. And the whole time Drew mentions Allison, Ralph's face is just like, he's like, it's like a weird combination of dead inside, but mm-hmm. also like, like, you could tell there's like a but little like bit sweating. anger. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, also yeah. sweating. There because she had his number from day one. Yeah. Well, Drew's like, well, she's excited to see you. She specifically said that she was excited to, for you two to talk. And then we find out a little bit more about Allison, that Allison basically managed Drew's career since she started acting at around like eight. So like really, really young. And the way Drew puts it is that it kind of considers Allison more like a second mother, like mm-hmm. that it was, they'd never really had the sisterly bond necessarily. It was yeah. more that. Um, but then the Allison had stopped managing Drew um, at the beginning of COVID because she had basically a mental health break. And we see this like flashback clip from like two years ago with her on the phone. And it's, it's, yeah, it's a lot. Like, it's really, really sad. Like, you know, I, 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 I'm glad to see that it seems like she's gotten the help that she needs and like, you know, but like that shit is, it, you could tell the pain. Yeah. And in, 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 in it. So, um, you know, Ralph just isn't feeling it. And, and, and Drew's like, so what do you think? And Ralph goes, my thing is this. <laughs> when, you, when you start like that, it's like, okay. You don't si- even try to sugarcoat it. <laughs> no, your sister has done a lot of things to hurt me. And then we found out that uh, Ralph had basically banned Allison from the house for years because she, the way Drew puts it, Allison was making a lot of accusations about Ralph being controlling and manipulative. Huh. What? Ralph controlling and manipulative? Hmm. Now, where have I heard this before? Yeah. Oh, from Drew when she was on Watch What Happens Live last week. Oh, that was sad. Like, yeah. So it like the Andy was like asking questions, obviously about the the divorce and stuff like, and it she there was. I never really seen Drew in like that much pain in yeah. terms of like emotionally of like you know the struggle of like. Yeah, it's. But it's clear her sister was spot on from day one. I and mean, it's so... I don't know. Maybe someone who's taken care of you and looked out for your best interest your entire goddamn life, maybe you should trust her opinion on things. I don't know. Yeah, it just seemed... Yeah, it's... I mean, but watching that first season, their first scene together, you could tell that Ralph's a narcissist. Uh, Drew asks, basically... But Drew's like, okay, so what would you need, Ralph, to basically feel comfortable in the house? And Ralph says, like, you know, look, it may just require me to leave. Like, I... Like... And, and uh, it's the, I was annoyed by Ralph. I will say I, you, and you know, this, I have moments where like, if I'm in a sort of like uncomfortable new situation, I'm the person that kind of detaches. Like I'm, I'm the person that will like go into another room or go into like, I don't know what that is. Honestly, like it's probably, it could be conflict first, avoidance. There's that, <laughs> but also like, I feel like this seemed a little like, with it with it having such much backing behind it in terms of like Allison being kind of spot on like well let's put it that this way you do it as conflict avoidance mm. Ralph does it because he doesn't want to get called out on his bullshit yeah he doesn't want to get checked because that challenges his ability to control and manipulate mm-hmm and lie about that girl in Tampa. Anyway, <laughs> um, 
we go to uh, Sheree's house, and Sheree's on a Zoom call with her operations manager, Joe, and she's working on getting her baby line basically up on the website. <laughs> it's like all this discussion. Like, how hard is it to get a fucking, some fucking clothes on a website to sell them? Not I, that hard. We have designs on gayitisimby.threadless.com. And, and I know that, that, that that's like a, sub, a subsidiary. And that's right. Like, like, but it's like... If you know someone to put how to put together a website, it's not that difficult. It's like really I, not. Like you pay a web designer, and then that's it. Yeah, it's just this whole struggle. Like Sheree's struggling to get, get stuff on her website as much as like Sandoval and Schwartz were struggling to open fucking Schwartz and Sandy's. Oh like, yeah. Well, part of the issue is she doesn't want to pay anybody, and she probably like fivered her website design, and <laughs> that's yeah. why she ended up having it crash when three people got on it. I know. Um, so, and then the producer asks um, Sheree in her confessional if she's made profit yet. And Sheree goes, and like pauses. And she's like, I don't think I'm in profit right now because I spent so much money on She by Sheree. Maybe by the end of the year. <laughs> huh. Good luck with that. Um, Sheree says, you know, it's really important to get stuff on the website because fans have been demanding it. And, you know, it also proves the haters like Candy wrong. And it's like, I mean, it's important to get stuff on the website. In, like she acts like it's like you know there's like like why have you spent a the better part actually over a decade trying just to prove someone wrong if that's your motivation for getting your line out that's a problem but fam. also is it a line it seems like a bunch of well it's a couple lines and like the star design and like mm-hmm. but that's it which you could do on a threadless store uh-huh for yeah uh-huh um, <laughs> we'll get to that. Well, to be fair, Threadless requires that you have at least six designs to put your website sure. up. She has one design. Star in red, star in white, star in... No, I mean, technically, those are different designs. I yeah. guess she could have done six different colors. And we, Look, you've got the array of the pride flag. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, Just switch the color in Canva, because we know that's where you designed it. And then, <laughs> well, I mean, no, no shade. That's where I designed mine, too. But, like, come on. Like, it's not like you did something revolutionary. Right. You put a star on a shirt. Well, and, uh, yeah, so... Sheree even at one point tells Joe, like, you know, I need to see you going forward with wearing a She by Sheree hat and, you know, represent the brand. You're always wearing a hat, but it's never a She by Sheree hat. And Joe, like, laughs and goes, like, I'm waiting for the new colors to drop. The new colors to drop? I like, wait for the original colors to drop. How's that? <laughs> like, how do you, is it, are we wait? How, Has we, anybody gotten product? That's the question. If you have gotten She by Sheree product, <laughs> please let us know. Um, yeah. Tweet and, us a picture for proof. So we know you didn't just like get paid by Sheree. Mm-hmm. Well, never uh, mind. We know nobody got paid by Sheree. Uh, Sheree then texts Candy to meet up. So she's like, you know, I want to broach this sort of issue with Candy that I'm having. Um, we then go to Marlo doing an Instagram live for her foster care Friday show that she does uh, for her foster care nonprofit. Okay. We get it. Like, it's like, <laughs> that sounds mean, but it's like it, with last season two, and it's like this is all like you know I really care about these it foster just kids. Feels and, and, so performative, and I'm a real charitable person. And it's like like again, watch back the scene from last season where Candy brings clothes, and she's just like, oh, you're bringing those clothes, like not any like actual like good expensive clothes, like more like this whole feels this whole season feels like such a redemption 
peace for Marlo. She realizes she had such a bad season. Yeah. That like, you know, you we gotta figure She's out. She's on something. the campaign trail. Yeah. Sonia comes by uh, and then is complimenting the dress that Marlo's wearing. And Marlo's like, yo, yeah, I was going for a size two. And Sonia's like, it looks like a size four. It's like, wow. Okay, Sonia. They start talking about everything. Sonia goes, it breaks my heart that the Marlo that I know, the other girls don't know. This is what pisses me off. What are you talking about? They, these, the women that don't like Marlo, maybe besides Drew, the women who don't like Marlo, have known Marlo for years. Yeah, and and what you've only known her for like a year. But also, she talks more shit to Sonya than she does to the people who hate her. Sure, like it, I don't get it. Like she said more shit behind their backs to your face. But she just doesn't. It doesn't read in her mind, and it's like, why do they? Have, it's like because they find out what she says, she and they wrote see, it from the truth, and they see they see the way she snakes her way through everything, and like that's why they don't fuck with her. I don't understand why you don't why you don't understand, at the very least, why Kenya and Candy do not fuck with Marlo. Yeah, it doesn't Clearly. make any sense. Um, Sonya tells Marlo, you know, and this is where she tries to have her moment where it's like, I'm gonna hold Marlo accountable too, right? She's like, you know, when you and I talk, it feels like I can feel you listening and we having a conversation. But when, when you get to talk to those other women, like you just lose it. And Marla goes, Sonia, I agree, but I go, I'm going to disagree with you. And here's why. It's like, okay. And she's uh, like, I, you, you agree, but I'm going to disagree. She's like, at the brunch, you heard what Candy said where she said, fuck her flowers, right? And they play the clip again. And she goes, and then I say, you're saying, fuck her dead nephew and fuck his mom. No, she didn't. She no, said, fuck she her didn't. flowers. It's literally. It was literally, fuck the random arbitrary demand you have made on my ability to show you compassion in a moment that makes me extremely uncomfortable because of my own trauma. Yeah. That's what it was. And also, you know, like, this is where I'm like, Sonia. You know Candy is not saying fuck her mother and fuck her nephew. You know Candy would never say that. She literally had you in tears at OLG when that y'all were talking about why she acted the way that she so did. So you need to check Marlo here. Instead of allowing what Marlo's doing, which is trying to push a narrative and trying now because now it's like, well, the response is the way she provokes and then gets a response and then uses that response as the story to be like Candy is insensitive and Candy like and speaking of pushing a narrative, the editors are working overtime again. Yeah. Marla goes, even if she doesn't like me, I want her to say, I'm sorry to your sister. Why wouldn't I get that from someone who I've known for 10 years? And Sonya's like, you have a valid point. No, she doesn't. Oh, my God. It's like, come on, girl. Get on the right team for once. Even if she was telling the truth, she wouldn't have a valid point. But she's not. She's lying through her teeth. Yeah. And Marlo talks, but that's the other thing. It's like, she talks like in her confessional of like, you know, these heifers are bringing me down. You know, I've been working hard to be a better Marlo. It's like, no, you haven't. You're saying that you're working hard. We're seeing you with the therapy, with the life coach or whatever. We're seeing those scenes. You have not applied anything in the real world. You have not. Yep. You, you've literally conducted yourself worse than last season. Yep. In fact, you've weaponized some of the language you learned in therapy. Same shit uh, Sandoval did. Yeah. 
It's, it's, like, it's the same narcissistic behavior. It's frustrating as hell. Um, Marlo basically tells Sanya about that uh, the blind date that she that Ty and Justin set her up on. Says that he's Jamaican, um, so that excites Sanya. Obviously, um, you know Marlo. He's like you know all these girls. You know they say they call me a whore. They say that you know I only sleep with white men. And she says no one's been between my legs in over four years. Okay, I mean. When was the people questioned how you were making your money mm-hmm. and they were going off the reports elsewhere because you refused to answer the question. Right. Um, they were going on the reports that you had some white sugar daddy. That's what it was. And it we was had nobody seen on the show. Like when there again, when there's smoke, there's fire. Like Right. Like we have seen this same shit before with Kim where she denied having a sugar daddy. And then all of a sudden now we have big daddy that (laughs) big daddy, Jesus Christ. Like, so it's not anything that these girls have not dealt with before. Yeah. But Mar and so Sonia's like, you know, you'll be, you'll have to ask him like, what's your into? Like, cause Marla's asking for advice and she's like, what are your interests? How, you know, et cetera. Marla's like, do you have a job? What's your credit limit? Like all of Marla's questions are about money. And it's like, you're not really proving anyone's point. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, we then go to Sheree and Candy who are going out for a walk and Sheree is going on this walk. One in this mink sweater that I actually fucking want. It, 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 it was looked really good. Yep. And walking in full on Louboutins. It was like, Sheree. You do it the most. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, it, when is it ever cold, in, cold enough in Atlanta for all of that? No. No, no, no. Well, this would have been October. This would have been fallish, I believe. When yeah, but, was, but you and I have both lived in the South for most of our lives. Mm. We know that the fall is summer light. Yeah, that's true. Why are you wearing a sweater? <laughs> you could wear that maybe in winter, in the dead of winter that's when it gets it. below 50. That's about it. Yeah. Um, Candy is asked about Marlo, and she's like, you know, Marlo's had so much negative stuff that she's done. And Sheree jokes like, I mean, last year all it took was like a bucket of fried chicken to get you guys you know, back on the same page. And we say the flashback from when they were leaving from the airport, mm-hmm. and Marlo and Candy bonded over that. Um, it doesn't seem like that's going to fix it this time. Uh, no, probably not. They go sit down on a bench then to have this discussion. And Sheree says that she thought that they were good after the reunion. <laughs> but, you know, you've been talking neg- negatively about me on all these platforms. I also love Sheree being like, we were good after we're, we were good after the reunion. Why? Candy brought up that you had said all this sh- stuff behind her back that she had to watch on the show about Candy being a hoe with Marlo and stuff like that. So, and then did you ever own it or apologize for it? I don't remember that. Maybe I'm wrong. No, but, she just decided it was done. Like and Sheree we, does. And we're moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Sheree says that because of uh, Candy's huge platform, when you say negative things, you know, it hurts my business. And, you know, Sheree's like, I've always been supportive of all of your businesses and your plays and your restaurants. And Candy's like, I would agree with that. I feel like I've also been supportive of yours as well. Also, what did Candy say that was bad? All she did was state the truth that your website was down and we couldn't order anything. Well, that's the other thing. It's like she gets into it later where it's like Candy was Candy was repeating what everyone else was saying. That was the dialogue right. online. Well, everyone she, was talking about the crash of the website. Right. And she wasn't even using it to read her or using it to shade her or anything. She just said, 
the website is down. We are all waiting for the ability to order from your store, but it's not up, so we can't. Yeah. That's all she said. There's no negative to that. Sure. Candy, but Candy makes a really good point in her confessional where she's like, I'm wondering why she didn't bring this up to me at the Gucci brunch. And like, like it never came up. So it's like, oh, this seems new. And Sheree's like, me and Candy have been friends for, for 10 years or whatever. Like, I, if I want an issue, I don't, I don't need the peanut gallery or whatever people. And to so me, I was like. So everyone else needed the peanut gallery, but you get to have nobody else influence. Because she didn't want the, she wanted to shame, like, she was hoping she would, like, maybe shame Candy in this moment or something like that. But she didn't want the whole She by Sheree stuff litigated. Right. With the group. And she didn't want Kenya to say something. Thing or Drew, she didn't want everyone to bring up their issues with the She by Sheree stuff because she wanted to hide it. And Candy made a really fucking good point on her Speak On It series. Yep. Which was like one of the things that Marlo and I'm getting, and it's now essentially become my storyline because Marlo's brought it up. One of the things that Marlo has been critiquing me this season on is that I don't share I don't share all the stuff that's happening in my life. I don't share all the bad stuff, and I have my minions or whatever you know hide stuff or whatever. I didn't want to talk about the restaurant, and so therefore you know I was keeping it from the cameras. But I'm the only one bringing up anything about the Shiba Shiray stuff. Yeah, and y'all seem perfectly fine with that. So, how in does fact, that work? you've actively tried to squash it, squash me from being able to say anything about it. Yeah. You know, Candy's like, you know, the day, you know, I went, you know, the day of, I went to the site and Sheree goes, have you bought anything yet? <laughs> Candy's like, did you ever put the stuff up for sale? And Sheree's like, it's been on there for two months. <laughs> and Candy's like, Candy's face was just so incredulous this whole time of just like, okay, girl, like, like. And then Sheree gives this like long explanation about, and, and it keeps like crossfading. Like, it was a holiday. And also we were on the back end and like there was something about like, she put up a different story. It was like, when your explanation is long enough to where they have to montage that shit. Yeah. It's crazy. Girl. Sheree's like, here's the thing. You don't come to me for music advice. And I definitely don't come to you for fashion advice. And you made the point of just like, but it's not about fashion advice. It's about running a business. It's literally about. A, yeah, of which Candy has a million successful ones. Yeah. And you have one that is not successful. And the whole, like, you know, you said, you said the stuff from the fashion show wasn't online. Anyone who knows anything about fashion is that stuff from a, from a show or from a runway is never released all at once. It goes out in drops and, you know, it, you know, it's going to come later in a drop. A fashion show is usually a collection that is released all together. And then your next drop is another collection. She literally said drop so many times. She, I think she said drop in this conversation more times than she, uh, Sandoval said dipped out. <laughs> I, I guarantee you she did. Yeah. She's like, Oh, you don't get it yet. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you know, Sheree's like, okay, well come out to me and, you know, say this and don't put it but like, and I can tell you, I could have, could have informed you about the whole drops and whatever, but don't put out false narratives. And Candy goes, I didn't put it out. He put it out, meaning the uh, designer who was like quoted about how bad it was yep. and, and all that stuff. And like, you know, and then Candy brings up the whole she by Sheen thing. Sheen? Sheen. Sheen. It's. That fixed. is from the people who made the website. Work I'm on that. Ju- yeah. We're going to fix that. Um, 
Sheree's like, Sheree, and now they're just throwing everything at the wall. Sheree's like, well, you had health inspection fails on your restaurants. <laughs> that she fixed and then yeah. passed. Like every restaurant ever. I don't know if she's maybe ever worked at a restaurant. Why are there people honking outside the studio? I am sorry, people. They are being very rude. Anyway, I don't know if she's ever worked in the restaurant environment. Right. But, like, that's something that happens often. Like, you fail a health inspection, you fix the things, and then you pass the health inspection. Well, she says that, and Trey's like, I fixed my stuff. My site's been up for two months. And Candy goes, yeah, with the stuff by she by she in. <laughs> says it right to Sheree's face. It almost, it almost sounded like it was a Freudian slip. Yeah, but... Like, she didn't mean to say she by she in, but she said, yeah, she by she in, and then whoop, yeah. uh, but the, that's the thing, like, the stuff on the website is not the stuff that was in the no. the runway show. Um, Sheree's like, it took me three hours to get food at your restaurant when I brought, like, 12 people over one time. But I never went to the radio to tell people. Okay. Sheree goes, I, brought th- I bought things from your store, because I guess Candy had, like, a not consignment store. I guess, yeah, a consignment store. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you can only wash them once. And Candy goes, well, at least you could get them. Yeah. <laughs> and also... That's not my, like, I'm literally, those are from other designers and other brands. That It's like, you take it up with them. Like, it's not my product. Yeah. I'm just selling it in my store. Like, you, if you, it, if, like, that happens in Target, you don't, it's not Target's fucking fault. It's fucking, like, the people who make the fucking shirts. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. So, Candy, Candy brings up that, you know, and, like, I suggested with you, Sheree, that you just should just get things and then put your brand on it, essentially, right? Right. And then you were like, well, I would never do that. And now you're doing exactly that. And Sheree's like, everybody in fashion does it. And Candy's like, yeah, we know that. But, like, you were shit. That's not the point. You were shitting on us for it. And now you're doing it. And, like. Yeah, now it's okay because you don't have another option because you don't want to spend any more money. Yeah. That's what it is. Candy is basically done with this, though. She's just like, this is going nowhere. Like, I will, she's like, you know, I can understand you being upset at that, and I apologize for that. Like, Candy apologizes for this stuff because Candy doesn't care. It's like, whatever. And so they seem seemingly make up and, and, and get to a good enough place. We then uh, later go to Candy and Todd in the studio, and they're working on the movie with uh, Reese, who's also a producer and an actress. I'm mm-hmm. assuming an actress in the movie. Um, and Todd basically said that he's going to be casting Drew in the wife role mm-hmm. of the movie. Candy's you know, worried that it could be awkward, like playing opposite of her, essentially. So oh, that, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, I mean, it, it makes sense. Drew, Drew actually is a pretty, pretty decent actress. Like, yeah. she's not, like, you know... Not like a how like someone in Housewives keep trying to get into acting. This is a real. Also, I just realized this is gonna be a real acting episode. Of the game is that me? <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of stuff later. Um, but yeah, so plenty of stuff later. That's sort of the plan for them going forward. We go over to Drew's house and she's with her mom, Pastor Jeanette, um, at her house. And Drew uh, is get, obviously getting ready for the music video stuff. She jokes with her that like. You know, I have this scene at the roller rink and stuff like that that we're filming tomorrow. And then I have this scene in this penthouse, which is, I guess, I'm assuming like the sex scene. Uh-huh. And, and she's like, I don't want you there for that. Yeah. Um, her mom seems really sweet and, and sort of like late. Yeah, but she's still a pastor. That's where, I, yeah, it's like, you. Say, I hope you're like the cool pastor. Well. 
Yeah. I don't know. I haven't um, done any research. Maybe but, I should. But then we see a graphic that says that production wrapped at 10.30 p.m. two hours later. And so that, that's when Allison shows up. Allison, I guess, was late or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but she hugs them and it's excited to see their home and stuff like that. And Ralph uh, has gone to bed. Ralph just apparently went to bed knowing that Allison mm-hmm. would be there essentially. And Drew's like, Drew says, I want us to be a family, and I want us both as u- a united front to support her on her heal- journey of healing. So to dismiss himself, I don't really feel is the right choice. And I get that. Like, Sure, but I also am like, y'all, it's after midnight. Let the man sleep. There's that. Like, <laughs> sure. You can't be mad at the man for going to bed because it's after midnight. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, if somebody that I have had tension with is coming over... I'm not After waiting. a couple years of not seeing this person, I'm not waiting up. And not at least until past like 10 o'clock. Yeah. Like if they're coming in at 10 o'clock, 11, I would have even gave her till midnight. But the second that clock struck 12, I'd have been crawling up in that bed, snuggled up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we then go to Drew at the roller rink for her video shoot. Um, and all the girls are starting to show up to help with it. Kenya in this like pink jumpsuit with like the it, Kenya was like, "This is my music video." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she had the long ponytail, like the long Sailor Moon ponytails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was great. It was a look. Yeah, things are a little awkward with Allison and Ralph. Like Ralph is like talking to uh, Pastor Jeanette with mm-hmm. Allison at the table too, but like. At one point when they're talking, like, Allison just kind of gets up and walks away. Like, the kind of just, like, I'm disengaging to, like, sort of, like, seamlessly to, like, get out of uh-huh. know, having to engage with this But, person. I mean, he does make it a point at one point to give her a hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, like I, I feel like maybe he's trying for the cameras. Mm. Because, again, our theory is that they've already broken up. They've already decided they're getting the divorce. They're s- staying together. For the rest of the season. Oh, you think they Drew knows this? Oh, yeah. I think that her... Interesting. I, I think that's why he wasn't originally going to be in the music video, and then they ended up having to put him in the music video. Um, I think that if you watch their behavior towards each other, it is pretty damn clear. Huh. They, they have no real affection for each other other than what they do for the music video. Interesting. Go back and watch. Let me know what you think. That's an interesting theory. Um, can I also talk about the Drew's confessional look in this? This like black and white leopard thing with this mullet that was like not with, like, the great. Fringe band. This not- it it looked like um like a really bad eighties Cruella Deville. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like not. This isn't Drew. This isn't Drew's vibe. Yeah. Drew needs like wet and wavy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Drew can't roller skate, even though she's doing a scene at a skating rink. Yeah. Why? Why are you doing that? <laughs> Sonya's like, you realize you tore your Achilles like just running in Jamaica. So. And she was just running like three steps. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they start filming it. Kenya at one point in her confessional goes, "No offense to my girl Drew, but this video is giving me like." Low-key, low-budget Beyonce blow vibes. And like, where was the lie? You, I would, like, low-key, you could say, you shouldn't, it was shady to add low-budget. <laughs> well, okay, so when have any of the girls on any of the Housewives franchise not shaded the music video 
Mm. I mean, Luann's Christmas music video. Candace's. Candace's got shaded. Uh, the one in Miami for uh, uh, Adriana's. Adriana's got shaded. Like, they were, like, not even showing up or paying attention to the production. They were just fucking around on the boat. Yeah. Like, so I feel like this was the least shady of all of the music videos we've seen shot on the show. Sorry yeah. to use the word shot or shoot <laughs> <can't>. or whatever. <laughs> Sorry, Drew. Bob the drag queen fingers. <laughs> oh, <Oop>. frack it. Oh. <laughs> Banyeta <laughs> um, and her goes, yeah, that was good and cute. It was, it was skating. I, I had my daughter's birthday party at a skating rink too. It was cute. <laughs> I was like, okay. That your your explanation of that gave very uh, Shannon Bedore vibes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, Manetta as Shannon Bedore. <laughs> that's a that's a combo. Ralph and like you mentioned though. So Ralph and Allison kind of have like a little moment and like Allison, you know, gets emotional. It's like that she's happy that Drew is sort of finishing the stuff that they started and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. She hugs Ralph. It's it's a nice moment. Um, Allison tells Drew that she did so good. Her mom starts crying too. So it's like a good, it's yeah, it's a good sort of emotional moment. We then go to Marlo getting ready for her date. Uh, and she calls Sanya while she's in the car. Sanya says that she's, you know, she said she was with the girls and Marlo goes, this is so telling Marlo goes, who are you hanging out with? You little traitor, like <laughs> joking. But I'm like, Oh, geez, we'll get to it. And I don't, I don't like to like mental health is important and sort of like, I'm not saying this glibly, but I did see some comments, which I th- thought had fair points where at the very least in this scene in the car, I, I think Kenya has called Marlo bipolar in certain regards, like in fights and stuff like that. I don't think she's wrong. This whole scene in the car, there were swings in Marlo's personality mm-hmm. that I thought was just like. Well, to be fair, because uh, I have known people with bipolar, they don't typically. Sw- Maybe that's not the word. They don't typically swing that drastic that quick mm-hmm. because she went back and forth, back and forth. That to me is put on bullshit. Sure. It, that is. It could just be for cameras and for. That is manipulative, abusive behavior. That is not a. Uh, and not to say that narcissism isn't like an actual diagnosable disorder, but this is not. She's not some victim of a mental disease. She's just awful. That, yeah. That's all it is. She's just an awful person. Yeah. Uh, but you heard it here first. Sonia says that, you know, I was with the, the girls at Drew's uh, video shoot, and Marla goes, Oh, I didn't get an invite. Why were you expecting an invite? Well, I, why would they go home? Go home. Go home, Marlo. Um, she's like, I'm going to call Drew. And then before she calls Drew, this is, this is so telling. She's like, She's so fake. She might flip over. She's talking to her driver. And then Drew random calls, ass driver. Yeah, and uh, she calls Drew a fake bitch. And then she's like, she's such a fake bitch. And then Drew picks up the FaceTime, and Marlo goes, "Hi, beautiful." Oh, who's the fake bitch? Yeah, yeah. Drew's like, yeah, I was shooting my uh, music video. And Marlo goes, "You look gorgeous." Drew had the right. Here's my thing. Drew had the right energy in this phone call. I feel because like she literally is like. Oh, thanks. <laughs> this is weird. Like, she literally goes, I'm shocked that you're calling me. 
Marlo's like, you, you, you won't get believe it, Drew. I'm going on a on a blind date, and Drew's like, really? That's that's cool. Why and are we, you kikiing with me? Yeah, like, like stop she it. She immediately then goes like, you know, Marlo, I have to keep it real with you. <laughs> <laughs> Call her on her shit. Yeah, you know, I just don't understand what all that energy was coming at for me at the city winery uh, thing. And, you know, I, I feel like I need an apology. And Marlo goes, well, baby, I'm sorry. Okay. Like, it was very, like... Dismissive. It's very dismissive. And it's also, like, why are you calling her if not... That's the thing. Like, you're only calling her to have this moment. And then you're play- doing the fake shit and drew's like no let's like actually you know if you're gonna call, talk to me yeah we're gonna talk you know she mario's like you know honestly Drew, i didn't even i didn't even realize that you were upset with what happened bitch what i don't know she literally goes i'm from florida you're chicago so florida must be a little rougher like that oh you like oh, i can't believe like because she's like I that I scream fuck you bitch in your face or whatever like as if like she was Marlo's acting as that like Drew is like super sensitive about the word bitch for some reason like she has that in her mind she's like you know I say all the time like bitch bitch what you doing we say that all the time in Florida or whatever and Drew goes not with that energy bitch <laughs> which I was like that was a good uh-huh. rewrite because Drew was like what are you talking about like you're like you're just rambling like we're gonna get you back on track like. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with that you were yelling at me and you were coming at me with this energy that was fucked up. Uh, yeah. Sorry. And then Drew goes, let me finish because I don't even know. I don't even like how you're showing up as a friend. And then Marlo hangs up the phone immediately. And then again, after calling her, go- saying you're beautiful, you're gorgeous, you high, look like beautiful. a evangelista. I I wrote this whole thing down. Marlo hangs up and goes, "Bitch, you do too much acting. Bitch, you're going around this bitch looking so ugly. Your wig's a mess. It's buckling on, up up right now under your on the phone. Bitch, you're built like a whole square. You're bad body. Your man don't even want you. He's too busy looking at these volitious. What is that? Oh, voluptuous, voluptuous bodies. You're a deranged wannabe actress." That's where I'm like, this feels so bipolar. I get the word, but it's like... And yet, there are still fucking mobs of people on Twitter that are behind her and think that she's 100% right. And I'm like, how? Like, this is a two-faced, backstabbing, lying woman. Yeah. It's like... Also, Sonya, can you watch? Like, again, Sonya, are you watching the episodes? Can you see what? Apparently, she is because she has doubled down on Watch What Happens Live. Well, from the watch on the Watch What Happens Live, but uh, watch this episode, Sonya. Like, they get shit in advance. She's probably already seen this episode by that time. Right. It's like you say you say one thing to someone's face, and then you say it. It's like you have to be able to Sonya as like a smart enough woman to be able to see. This. I would think so. Like, you have to be like have some level of intelligence to be a fucking Olympian. Yeah. Like, you can't just, like, moron your way through the Olympics. That doesn't happen. Like, this woman is extremely intelligent. So why is she leaving that at home when she's showing up to this job? I have no clue. I have no fucking clue. We uh, we arrive at her her blind date. She's starting to worry because the restaurant they're at is at a strip mall. Because, again, it's, like, all about money and fucking, like, Uh whatever. 
Um, she meets up with Scott she, Lee. You see, you see, she needs someone to support Lay Archive because it's <laughs> Lay Dead. Lay <laughs> Dead. Um, uh, she meets Scott Lee at the restaurant, and this is his restaurant, which I'm like, I didn't hear I, on the rewatch. I was like, oh, wait, I, I forgot. I, did, I missed the fact that this was apparently his restaurant. And I was like, that's why. That's why he's doing this. That's why he's doing it in front of camera. When yep. they bring the appetizers out later, he's like, so this, like, he's doing a tasting. Yeah. Like, it's like. Didn't you say he was on, like. He um, was, so he was on an old, uh, not, not super old, but maybe, like, a couple years ago. He was on a season of Hell's Kitchen. Okay. He was an asshole. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's Hell's Kitchen. Everybody's an asshole, including the host. Anyway. He was a, he, but he was like the definite villain. Mm. Like, like he was very much. He was kind of a, a lot. There's a lot of the men on the show that are misogynists. Like, really? I know, because they always do the. They always pit one side again, like the women and the men. And the men, they always make the point of like, well, it, it's it's this stupid dialogue of like women chefs and like you know, oh, men. It's the same. It's ridiculous. But, like, they get the worst fucking actors, and he was, like, one of the worst of them. And he Jeez. was also, like, you know, shit-talking. Like he was Spoiler just, alert, that's the entire industry for the most part. As yeah. someone who literally works with that shit and mm-hmm. the toxic masculinity in restaurant culture, it's bull. Yeah. But, like, perfect for Marlo. They're a match made in heaven. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, being a match made in heaven, they are further matched by the fact that he's apparently also been to prison. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that, but there's a lot more. So there's a couple more things. We, we also then get a confessional with Marlo and Ty, her friend. Oh, who's, right, like, right. In. And like Ty says that the reason she picked Scott Lee was that he's opinionated, which that's a way to put it. <laughs> Is um, it just me or did she look like she was like poorly CGI'd in. Yeah, yeah, She didn't look like she was in the same camera definition as Marlo. Yeah, it was odd. It was real weird. The lighting was, yeah, it wasn't right. Um, He's 39, and he, and, like, Marlo's like, oh, that's young for me. Weren't you just saying that, like, the women always say that you date older men and older white men or what? You're not helping yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he also has a 15 year old, a two year old, and a one year old. And Marla, when he says the two and the one year old, Marla goes, "Are you still together?" Like the like. So if you had the one year old, like it was at least somewhat recent, right? The, you know, I would say, you know, if he was still married with a young child, then why would he ha- be on this show on national television? Getting with other women, but we just saw what happened on Vanderpump Rules with uh, uh, Garcelle's son. Sure. So, but again, I go back. To, I think he just wants to promote his restaurant. Yeah, I really think that's so. all it is. Um, says that you know she didn't want anyone with children under five, but might, she might have to make an exception. Um, then they get the so the food comes out right, and they get these like she's like these are head-on prawns, and Marla goes, "This was so." Marla's like, "No, I won't touch the head." Uh, I'll, I'll cut the head off the body. <laughs> and she's like, there it goes off. And I was like, uh, they kept making dick jokes about it. Scott, well, yeah. Scott Lee says that in Jamaica, they eat and suck the head. And Marlo's like, I've never done that. And Scott Lee then goes, there's a first time for everything. Let me see you suck it. Don't say, let me see you suck it. That's gross. That's a lot for, a, that's a lot for network. T- I mean, it's not network television. It's uh, cable television, but still, yeah, it's a lot. And it's like, but Marlo apparently finds that so funny and rum. It's like, oh, this is like funny jokes on a date. Okay. 
Uh, Marlo, this is where Mar- so Marlo then asked if he has any skeletons in his closet, right? And he goes, "I've been locked up a couple times." And Marlo's immediate response, like she like had full on heart eyes. It was like, "What the fuck?" She's like, "Oh my god, we are so meant to be together. I have two. Also, can we talk about when I think it was before this when she made fun of the Jamaican accent? Oh, he doesn't even have a Jamaican accent. No, he doesn't. And she like starts making fun of the Jamaican accent. It's like, are what are you doing? Yeah, it's like you've been around Sonya a little too long. (laughs) No comment. Sonya going bop 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 every you know, who is as her catchphrase doesn't give you give you the right to like, yeah, yeah. Um, Marlo's like, at least, you know, with him having a record, at least I won't go into a relationship with a guy judging me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I do believe that ex-cons should have the ability to, you know, re-enter society afterwards. Of course. And people should, you know, they pay their debt to society and they should be able to come out and have no real you know, repercussions other than the people that need to be on a list are on a list. Right. Other than that, I think you should be able to just rejoin life and not really be judged for what happened. Um, and so I kind of understood what she was saying because a lot of people do judge ex-cons pretty harshly. Mm-hmm. But but I felt like she was trying to tie it into her narrative on the season. Of like, yes, very everyone much Everyone so. judges me for my record and blah, blah, blah. So it's... Yeah. It, it, it felt like shoehorned. Like this whole thing felt shoehorned between yeah. the picking of the person and doing this on camera in his restaurant and like showcasing all of these menu items and like all of this stuff. It felt so pageanty. Yeah. Like it was very show pony esque. Mm-hmm. And it was like, come on. And Mar- but Marlo says that she's interested to see where this goes. And I'm like, probably, one, I'm not. Um, <laughs> two, Again, uh, he got his restaurant shown on TV out of it. So you won't hear from him again. Far. Probably not. Um, yeah, but that was Atlanta for this week. Decent enough episode, I will say. Um, it'll be interesting to see. We, we're off a week, uh-huh. which what? I don't know why. Is it because it's 4th of July weekend? But, I mean, 4th of July is Tuesday, so I don't understand why. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. But either way, so that uh, was Atlanta for the week. Um, but we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the newest episode of Real Housewives of Orange County. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination and equity and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, 
to a little more spicy. Like one of my favorites, Fuck Your Laws, Fuck Your System, Transformative Justice Now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and Me. Saddle up your horses for a trip to Montana in Orange County. Another episode of Orange County and another really fucking good episode. I love this season so much. Yeah, it's so good. It's a really fucking good season. We teased it earlier, but like one of the, this was one of my favorite fights for some reason. It's so stupid. It's so stupid and petty and like. And both sides are right and wrong. It's like nobody's just being an asshole. They're just misunderstanding each other. You're sort of being an asshole, but not like... But like understandably an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's great. Um, so we start the episode uh, with Emily, though, and she's taking her daughter Annabelle to L.A. Model Management. Uh, she says that basically like doing modeling stuff has been something that Annabelle's always wanted to do, but she feels like she's finally at a point where she would be able to take it seriously and, and sort of like go for it. Well, and now that she's stay at home, she's able to really be there and give that attention to her and support mm-hmm. her through that now yeah. that Shane is really the breadwinner. And she says also like because of that like the time that she's been spending with them like it's bringing up a lot of her childhood memories that we kind of talked about in the last episode. Uh-huh. Um, she talks about like when you're growing up you don't even know your mom should get up with you every morning and make sure you have breakfast. You know no one did that for me and that's kind of weird and kind of shitty. And so like. I mean those- someone should. It shouldn't necessarily be your mom but yeah. like a parent or an adult of some sort should well, I do think that. She, it seems from what I, my understanding is like they had to sort of fend for themselves. Yes. No, and I get that. I was just underlining the it doesn't have to be a mom. It can <laughs> be a dad. It can be a non-binary parent. It could be an aunt or an uncle who is caring for you or a guardian. Right. Something. It doesn't have to be a mother. It is not the woman's job to provide food for the children. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily's basically like, you know. You know, you just try to give your kids a better life than what you had. And then she goes, which isn't that high of a threshold, honestly. And I was like, okay, shader. Um, (laughs) Especially considering that, was it her mother just on? No, her aunt was on the season. Wasn't she just on, like, last episode or something? Somebody from her family. Her mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law. Okay, that's what it was. Never mind. Ignore me. (laughs) She's fine. The mad rantings of the, uh, the, the sick Merlin, it's fine. Um, we go to the boot barn as Tamara is going shopping with Jen and Heather to get ready for the the trip. This is the bougiest city slicker version of a country store I've ever seen in my well, life. Well, it, it, it didn't. It was definitely a little on the higher end side. Gina, Emily, and Shannon go like later to like this what was clearly like a thrift store. Yeah. So like definitely different vibes, but like Heather. This whole episode, Heather, and well, actually, this whole season, I've been talking about like just the like 
moments where you, it's just like, oh, this is rich people stuff. Like, this is like, you know, fully detached. She shows up to this to, like, try on, like, you know, cowboy gear in this, like, bright white jumpsuit with these, like, gold, like, bedazzlements it, it and brings, a, like, a whole bottle of champagne. It was a cute outfit, but I wasn't. And it did kind of give westerny vibes. But Tamara was like, it's way too white. Like, you're, it's yeah. going to get dirty, like, immediately. Um, like I mentioned, uh, Gina, Emily, and Shannon are also going shopping. And Shannon basically, t- I guess, talked about buying chaps. It was like assless chaps or something like that. It got discussed. Um, she says, <laughs> she talked about how, you know, I normally just wear Oshkosh Bagash. <laughs> oh, my God. Your Shannon is always it's, so good. It's great. Um, Gina says, um, you know, she doesn't consider herself really a nature girl and hopes that no one else ever considers her one either. And yeah. she literally goes, ew. <laughs> Um, we go back to the other store. Jen uh, asks Heather whether it's hard being married to a plastic surgeon because Heather makes a joke like, oh, I think my ears are too big for this hat. And Heather goes, no, he's blind and, I, and he thinks I'm perfect. <laughs> I was like, I don't think his clients want to hear that. <laughs> well, okay, but I think she means that he's blinded by love. Sure. And thinks that she's perfect because she is his wife. Yeah, no, no, no. That's definitely what she means. <laughs> Emily says, uh, you know, oh, I saw, you know, Shannon, I saw you and Tamara hug at the party. How are things with that? And Shannon's like, you know, she apologized for what happened on the boat, but then she did this like quick, like, I'm sorry for all the press stuff and like blah, 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 like wipe my hands clean of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Shannon's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not the place now where I'm not going to brush things under the rug in sort of deference for this friendship because that's what I used to always do, which I get her point. Like, yeah. I think it's like you, you, I have, to, I should be able to vocalize this hurt me. Yeah. Um, and then Shannon tells Emily, and then you go to Tamara, uh, you know, how does it feel, Tamara, to know an affair started in your gym? And it's like, here we go. <laughs> oh, she's starting. Yeah. G- so then Gina then brings this up, uh, her issues. And Gina, Gina says, it's not Jen's fault. And, I th- yeah. and that was my issue last episode. It felt like she was blaming Jen for this. But also some of the stuff she said, it's like, okay, Gina, this is, again, to what someone else says later, this is a you problem, not a Jen problem. Well, and Taylor brings it up on Watch What Happens Live as well. Yeah, and shades are hard. Well, yes, but also it's, I think it's um, indicative of the fact that she has spent, Gina has spent more time around um, Tamara. And that's why she doesn't have as big of a deal or big of a problem with it. And she got to know Tamara before all of that trauma happened. Yeah. So, it, you know what I mean? Like, the Tamara stuff happened, and then she got to meet Tamara, and then all the stuff happened with Gina's ex, and then we're at today. So, like... She wasn't going to hold her new trauma against old shit with Tamara, but this is a new thing with Jen, so it's why it applies to Jen and not to Tamara. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I also love Taylor just being like, she's afraid of Tamara, so she would never, you know. It kind of felt like Tara was like, she's reaching, so. I don't think she's reaching. I think, I think she is, I think this episode clears it up for me. It does to a certain extent. Shannon basically is like, yeah, I mean, I get it. It's a trigger for me too, you know, with my right. issues. Gina's like, you know, I'm in the process of helping Matt get his felony charges dropped. And um, we see like a flashback to them discussing it. And it's like, they're like, you know, 
it created a lot of financial hardships for him and stuff like that. And Gina's like, you know, at the end of the day, it became a point where it's just you're punishing the kids. It's not you're. It's yeah. not It's not like you've dealt out this punishment to this person. And then Gina goes, hearing Jen casually talk about this thing that she did that was horrible effect that that has horrible effects on so many people is a really hard pill for me to swallow. And it's like one, I a lot of people I saw were like, you can't really make the comparison of that and the Matt domestic violence stuff. Yeah, that's completely different. Those are two different things. But I also think, again, if you would get to know Jen. Yeah. but Like, Jen has been vocal about, like, you know, worrying about bringing Ryan around the kids. Because, right. like, it, are they going to think this is the person that split up mommy and daddy? Right. Like, she, she is conscious of that stuff. Yeah. Well, and... To be fair to Gina, she also makes a conscious effort during this trip yeah. that we're about to go on to try to get closer to Jen. I agree. Yeah, she did. She does make like active steps. Right. So yeah, I'll give her the credit on that. Um, Heather then asked Jen about Ryan about how long after you know how long after you and Will do you get together? I guess Heather didn't know about any of the like. It was like you. It was like okay, I'm gonna have to tell my story again. Okay, so yes, we, I got with Ryan when I was separated, but not fully. You know, or, or mm-hmm. you know, the whole the whole storyline. Um, Jen reiterates that there was no physical relationship with Ryan, but that emotionally, the way she puts it is like emotionally, I was five miles down the road. Um, but see, I I really like commend her for admitting. Yeah, we never had any sort of physical relationship at all, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't cheating, and that doesn't mean that it yeah. was okay. Like, I was cheating on my husband, and, like, I have to own that shit. Right. And, like, I can really, like, I really admire her for just being so open and honest about the timeline of this relationship. And she's been, you know, like, for a junior, for a uh, brand new housewife, a first season housewife, she's fucking great. Oh, yeah. But that's how you have to do it from the onset. Like, you have to lay everything out there. Yeah. And so it's like, if they come at you, they come at you. And it's yeah. like, you know, um, Jen said, Jen also makes a good comment about how like, you know, I can look at Will's new relationship and realize like, you know what? I was never right for him. Right. He's happier now than he, like vice versa. That's so healing and growth. growth. <laughs> um, Tamara asked if Ryan has talked about getting married and Jen says that, yes, he has, but this is where the top, she then starts to bring up that Ryan has a past. And Tamara goes, you should be scared. I mean, I said, you should be scared. And Heather goes, did he kill someone? <laughs> oh, Ta- Heather. And Tamara goes, I think he killed a couple marriages, you know, <laughs> stuff. And, but we find out he apparently has a really long history of cheating. In fact, he has never been faithful to anyone. Yeah. That's until Jen. Yeah. That's apparently his own words. Yeah. So like he'll essentially cop to that. And Heather's like, is he, Heather says, has he been faithful to you? And Jen goes, yeah. And Heather goes, you think? Yeah. Like, I mean, you you said it when we were watching the show that, um, you know, you appreciate what Jen is saying, but really and truly until we see how Ryan talks about it, it's hard to pass judgment on him and his truthfulness and his... Right. I need to see how he sincerity. brings it up on camera. Yeah. They kind of do it later, but it's not... It's not like it, there's, He doesn't really lay things out in the way Jen yeah. laid out the timeline on her, her stuff. Yeah. Well, um, and, and I was really appreciative of how he broached the subject in that scene with Jen later. He 
wasn't defensive about anything. He was, because yeah. Jen brought up some really hard questions in that. And he, you know, just met it head, head on. And I just, I don't know. I really like. It's refreshing. After all of the bullshit we've dealt with on Jersey and on Potomac with people hiding shit. And trying to dodge. And trying and- to dodge all of that shit. And like, I just, I'm, I'm so happy to see a new housewife show up and actually decide she's going to be honest for the camera. Now, she could be, you know, the best fucking actress we've ever seen, and this is all a ruse, but I'm buying it. Yeah. I'm buying it, and um, I think a lot of people are, and I, I don't know. That's just my take on it. Yeah. Jen says that there was a time that they were basically there was a time that him her and Ryan were on a break essentially. Mm-hmm. And that there he did sleep with somebody in that time period. But it was like the whole Heather's like so it was like Ross and Rachel we were on a break sort of right. vibe. And but according to Tamra, this is what that does affect it. According to Tamra, she knows the girl and the girl that he slept with, he had previously slept with before Jen. That I do think changes it slightly. Kind of, but I can also understand that because that's like if you're in a situation where you think, well, maybe maybe I did find the person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And then you end up in a situation where you're in on break. Mm-hmm. You go to someone you know. Something familiar. Something familiar and comforting. You don't go get some rando. That doesn't... Yeah. I would be more worried if he went and got a rando because that would mean that he wasn't emotionally invested. It was just about the sex. Yeah, that's true. The fact that he went to someone for comfort, that to me shows that he was hurt Mm. by the possible breakup. Yeah. Tamara says in her confessional, you know, I believe that people can change, but when you're a known cheater, chances are you're not going to change. Like, Tamara's like basically yeah. being like, it's become his reputation. But, and that's extent. completely fair. Um, we then go to Jen's house. Um, they love this scene on Housewives. We just see like faint hints of doors and stuff like that and just hear like moaning sounds. <laughs> and Ryan goes, you can, or Jen goes, you can warm me up a little bit first. And Ryan goes, you said you like it from behind. And then we cut and he's using like one of those massage guns on her back. Yeah, it's like. They love that okay. scene. Um, Jen, but Jen talks about, like you were saying, like Jen talks about how, you know, she, she really loves the connection. Well, she says in her confessional that she loves the connection that she has with Ryan. She confirms that the sex is amazing. <laughs> um, but she tells Ryan what Tamara said and stuff like that and about his stigma and that, you know, I do worry about it. And she makes this point of like, you know, a lot of people say like the best part is like sort of like the butterflies of the early parts of the relationship and sort of the, that part. But she's like, for me, it's not that I don't want to be the product again of another failed relationship. And that's really terrifying to me. Yeah. And you know, Ryan's like, you know, we are at, but the thing is like, we're two years into this thing, you know, it's been good. It's only going to get better. Like I want to see him again. I wanted him to talk a little bit more about the timeline. Yeah. But I, I, you know, it was a good first start. Yeah. You know, I want to see how honest he'll be in terms of that. If he'll be as honest as I feel Jen is on the other stuff. Um, we see Heather getting ready for Montana with her stylist. 
And she's trying to find boots and, and like she pulls out like these Chanel boots, rubber Chanel boots to like go like fish, galoshes or fi- something. Yeah, she's like, "I can go fly fishing in these," and they're like, "No, you're not gonna get these wet." Like, who the knew fuck? that Chanel made galoshes? I don't know. Like, they'll. Ma- I mean, honestly, people make fucking anything in fashion nowadays. I they guess. just sell it as trendy because they walk walk it down a runway. I guess. Um, Heather and Terry then uh, go over to talk and they go to Nikki's old room and Heather talks about how sad she is that Nikki, you know, and Max are off to college now. And then again, it's just like, you know, it's just that, you know, that sad moment that everyone, every parent feels when they send their child off to college, you know, the thing that resonates with every parent and like, you know, is a common unifier of all parents in the country. And then we see the shots of them taking Max to college on a private fucking jet. (laughs) I was like, this is insane. This is literally fucking insane. I was with them until the jet. Yeah, I was like, oh, God. I was like, oh, this is so... Rela- what? What? Also, I love how her son's room was bigger than most people's master bedrooms. Yeah. What college is this? Well, okay, but this is not... the. Co- I'm talking about the room in their house. Oh, yeah. But also, if you remember... From the YouTube videos that you can still go watch where Heather does the lovely walkthrough of this Because house. we definitely did watch all of this. We definitely did multiple times. Anyway, when they do the tour of the master bedroom, that thing is like a bowling alley. It's so yeah, big. It's crazy. Like, I think that room was like at least 30 feet long and like 20 feet wide. It's like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I I love the wealth porn But I was just like You can't wealth porn me And then do like the sort of like You know everyday person moment Like that's not gonna happen Yeah um, Heather says that you know she's gonna miss not being able to talk to them one on one every day, and I do think she has a she's a great mother, and yeah. I think she that's the one thing that's always commendable about Heather is that she has a really great relationship with her kids. Yeah, and well, and she's been so supportive of like. Like, she has multiple queer kids at this point yeah. uh, that have come out as various queer identities. And it's just refreshing to see someone in Orange County with... Yeah. <laughs> Who's not... Who, who has some more progressive views on some things. Yeah. Yeah. Terry's like, you know, it's all... <laughs> is she way- screaming, eat the rich on the... No. No, of course not. Is she screaming, eat the rich? No. No. <laughs> um... <laughs> Terry says that the way Terry phrases this, it's like, you know, it's like, it's almost like it's the beginning of the end of our lives in a way. Don't say it like that. Yeah. Heather's, you know, gets emotional about like, she's like, you know, it really puts, you know, I put my life on hold for 20 years. She corrects herself. It's like, I don't mean, and it's not like I put my life on hold. Like I had a family, like you guys are my life, but my personal hopes and dreams, you know, Yeah. and I worry that it's too late. Am I going to be considered too old for this? Am I going to be considered, you know, not good enough, whatever. She gets emotional about it. And she says, she talks about how like, 
it's part of the reason that, you know, I kind of want to go back to L.A. You know, I don't want to live this same life, but just without the kids. And this was hint number one that I felt like she was leaving O.C. for Beverly Hills. Yes. There's another one, and I can't remember what it is. I need to rewatch the episode. But there's another one that I felt was more blatant. Mm. Um, and I just, I can't remember exactly what it was. Maybe you wrote it down and you Maybe. won't talk about it. Yeah. But it's like, I could easily see her on Beverly Hills. Yeah. We were talking a little bit about like what the, I worry she and Kyle might be a little bit too similar in roles but on see, that show. But yes, but I also feel like that's maybe a good thing mm. because Kyle needs a kick in the seat. Yes. She Kyle, kn- Kyle will if they get into an argument. Kyle will not know how to he- oh, handle Heather. No, because Heather will. She may be hoity-toity and a little pretentious and all of that, but she will get down and dirty yeah. as we will see in Montana. Mm-hmm. So, ter- like Heather's like crying right about like you know wanting to go to LA and how it's you know really emotional for her and stuff like that. And Terry goes. That and the restaurants are so much better up there. <laughs> oh, my God, Terry. We go uh, to uh, Tamara, who goes out to lunch with Taylor. Um, Tamara orders a, a bottle of uh, some champagne or wine called My Opinion. I thought maybe she was launching a new wine line, and this know, was right? what it was. But clearly it's not hers. I couldn't even find it. I Googled it. If someone can actually find the website for this wine... Tweeted at us because I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. And I am really concerned for whoever advised the owner of this company that this was a good idea because mm-hmm. you can't find it because all the the Google searches came back with just reviews random on wine, wine reviews. And they were just like, well, my opinion on this wine or my opinion on that wine. And it was just all these wino blogs. And it was yeah. like, come on, guys. You gotta, it, it's it got to be distinct. But you have to think about Google searches nowadays. Yeah. You really do. Um, Taylor then arrives and they get to chatting. Um, ta- we, so now we find out sort of Taylor sort of gives the lowdown to Tamara about the movie stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So Taylor basically says that they had an actress that dropped out. And uh, that she suggested that role uh, to Heather and that she was that she was in kind of what she said about like on the boat. She brought this up. Right. Heather seemed cool with it. But then it's like something changed. She apparently uh, so she printed the script for Heather and we see it in the clip from the 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 lesson. And she Taylor doesn't embellish it, but it was sort of the emotion from it. Heather goes like, oh, you're so cute. And like, you know, does she didn't embellish it, but she sure did garnish it. It was like, I feel like those are two different things, right? Yeah. But like she dressed it up a little. It is the kind of vibe that Heather gives off. Like, I I don't think it's intentional. I I don't think it is either. I don't think she's looking down at at people. She is just simply above them. Yeah, if that makes sense, <laughs> like, like I'm not trying. To, like you know what would I mean? Say, though. Would you say uh, if you can't reach my standards, you best better get a ladder or whatever her catchphrase was? Yeah, basically, yeah. like she's like, I'm sorry, I'm on this ladder and you're not. So clearly, you're beneath me. This is not a judgment on you being beneath me. You just simply are. Yeah. And so Taylor basically says, like, you know, you know, when I start feeling insecure about something, I'm I'm the kind of person that like j- jokes or whatever. And I was like, you're coming to Oklahoma, you're doing this role because now I'm going to look like an idiot to these directors or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Tamara says they're a confessional. Heather sometimes has a way of talking to you that makes you feel belittled. Yeah, which which we were just talking about. Yeah. Um, Taylor says that, uh, you know, and, and Taylor's like, and the thing is, like, she goes to leave after the lesson, and she leaves the script on the table. And well, but it wasn't even just that she left the script, because we get a flashback for Never Before Seen. Yeah. And it was like, well, why don't you take the script with you? you you've left it on the table. Oh, no, I'm going to leave that in case, in case you, you need you, to run lines with someone. Which is such a, like, a, like the... I get maybe my ill intention, but like it's the it's an excuse that you like. She was just trying to not be rude. It's really I, what it was. She just, I think that there is so much, and we'll get to it, I guess. But, um, but I guess we could bring it up now. Yeah. Um, I think the main issue is that Taylor is feeling insecure, and then because of that she feels like Heather is shading her. Then Taylor reacts to that perceived shading mm-hmm. with shade, which hits on Heather's insecurities of being of not being able to get back into the business of is she too old to do this now? All of the stuff that she just talked with Terry about, right? Mm-hmm. And so then they've just accidentally hit each other's insecurities. Right. And pissed each other off. And it was honestly a complete misunderstanding. I don't think either of them were trying to be rude or trying to be like shady towards the other one until they first felt shaded. Sure. And then they let loose. Yeah, Taylor, Taylor says that, you know, I'm not angry or pissed off or anything. Like, it's just that my feelings are kind of hurt. Right. And she's like, I told the director to look through her IMDb, but apparently the production company wants a casting tape for the role. And Taylor's like, well, you know, I showed her, you know, pull up, pull up her IMDb. And so then Tamara pulls up the IMDb and they go through it at the table, like the different stuff. And at one point Taylor goes, young and hungry. Is that a porn? <laughs> 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 it wouldn't be on the IMDb, dear. Tamara at one point goes, oh, Malibu country. We knew what happened with that. Uh-huh. And, and we the see flashback. The flashback. To- and Tamara, I don't know if she was joking, but she was like, I was also offered a part in that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. If they went after two, I'm not surprised they would go after a third one. Yeah. Tamara, bases, uh, Tamara says, tells Taylor, I think you should just talk to Heather. Tamara's also a very important part. We talked about how Tamara is like the secret assassin in yeah. terms of like moving stuff. She does a lot of that this episode. She's really good at um, dropping a nugget and then dancing out of the way to where people then dive for the nugget and fight each other for it. Yeah. And it's like, but you started this, and you just got off scot-free. Mm-hmm. Taylor says, you know, but now my mind is doing this, like, you know, is it because that, you know, she thinks I'm going, if I'm going to get cast that she's too good to be cast? Is it because she thinks, you know, Oklahoma is this, like a honky-tonk movie? Is it that she doesn't have the time? And Tamara goes, I think it's all of them. See, and so like, Tamara, that's Tamara's Tamara being like, shady. Tamara is reinforcing the insecurities that Taylor had. Yeah. Which is not at all what Heather was doing. Heather was just going, well, yeah, that'd be nice. Like, have the producer reach out to me. Right. Like, I'm not taking a job from somebody in 
a small acting role. Like you, you don't get to offer me that role. But she hasn't vocalized that to Taylor until right. the end of the episode. But like she's assuming that Taylor knows more about the business than she does, which I understand because when you're constantly being told that you're pretentious and you talk down to people, mm. then you know, again, people revving their inch rude. It's fine. It's rude. Fine. Anyway, um, when people are constantly calling you pretentious and that you talk down to them, um, people, you know, she might feel like, okay, well, I can't explain this to her because that's gonna feel like I'm talking to her like she's an idiot and doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. Which I then am gonna proceed to talk to her like she's an idiot later. Again, we'll get to it. It's so good. Yeah. It's perfect. Um, they're all getting ready for their trips. Uh, Eddie had gifted Tamara these, like, she loved them, but, like, I thought they were ugly. <laughs> these, like, Louis Vuitton boots that were, like... They looked like they were Louis. But they just look like Tim's. Yeah. They look like black Tim's. And it's like, you could have just got some Tim's. Yeah. Like, Tim's are like, what, 100 bucks? It was a lot cheaper than Louis. Shannon also got this Lone Ranger mask, which, which of course, I'm like, Shannon's got to play dress up as we see, as we see Shannon later. Shannon loves a gimmick. Um, and like she's, her daughters are like, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think it works. And she's talking to her daughters about like, you know, you know, the house rule, like laying down the house rules. If you have, you have boy, if you have boys over or whatever, you guys can't go upstairs as if like they can only have sex upstairs. Yeah. Like you can have sex in the kitchen. It's or fine. You can have sex in cars as we found out. <laughs> Fuck. From Vanderpump rules. That's how we found out. Yeah. So they all get ready to fly to Montana. Um, Shannon talks about how she's not a nature person. <laughs> Heather says I don't she, think anybody on this cast is really a nature person. Heather says she's not either, but that, that she feels like she can pull off the look because her favorite show was Little House on the Prairie. These looks that Heather had this, this whole trip. That was, was the other reference. The Little House on the Prairie thing, because that was Kyle's show. Oh. It was like multiple references to Beverly Hills. So it's like setting up the storyline. Yes. That's what I thought this was. That's what ah, this felt like. That's a good point. Um, we do find out that Emily apparently tested positive for COVID. And yeah. literally like sent them a video message to tell them. Um, what, is, what is... I understand COVID is still a thing. Like, we have to be careful with COVID. I also feel like a lot of people are testing and just like, she's like, I don't feel anything. I feel fine. I've, but like. Well, production makes them test. Right. But it's like, be safe. I'm sorry. Be safe. <laughs> like, what am I saying? I was like, I wanted Emily on this trip. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> it's so funny because then we go to Gina sitting on yet another private jet. Um, staring forlornly at the chair where Was Emily. Was it private? It was a larger private jet, but it was still a private jet. Oh, okay. I, I thought they were just in, like, first class or something. It was, like, it was only three. There, there was one seat on one side and two seats on the other. Oh, That's okay. still a private jet. Yeah. Um, anyway, but she's staring forlornly at the seat where uh, Emily would have been <laughs> sitting. Like, I really wanted Emily on this trip. But I'm like, like I did too. Like, I've never traveled without Emily. Who's going to cuddle me? <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Jen makes a comment on the plane that she's never been to a dude ranch, even though she's from Oklahoma. She's like, Tamara's like, what? Like, like, what do you do in Oklahoma? She's like, on the off time, we just ride cowboys. I mean, fair. Uh, they arrive in Missoula. 
uh, and meet up with Jason, who's the ranch manager at uh, Alpine Falls Ranch. Um, I, Shannon, as soon as she gets out and they're loading the luggage in their car, Shannon's just going, uh, mucho heavy. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, Shannon. I was, I was like, I'm, I, don't, I don't love Shannon using Spanish all the time, but I'm also like, I, but then I realized like every time I come home from work, I always say hola for some reason. Yeah, I mean, when I was in uh, my early years at college, all of my friends were uh, Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And so I picked up a lot of, like, phrases that are mixed Spanglish. Yeah. And so I will still use them. They're still actively part of my um, vocabulary. And it's funny because I'll, like... I don't say what does this mean I, or what is this. I say vas estas. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I, I don't like. There's a lot of phrases like that that I just use because just easier. Yeah, I mean, some languages are better than English. I'm sorry, yeah. English kind of sucks. Uh, they first go to the bunkhouse and then they basically have a bunkhouse and a villa that they're splitting. And Heather's like, I think I'm more of a villa person. <laughs> Yeah, they clearly. See one, they see one look at like the bunk beds and stuff like that, and Tamara and Heather then immediately run to the cars. There was smoke on their heels. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we're going to the villa. Um, Gina, basically, like you mentioned, Gina is like actively deciding to room with Jen, mm-hmm. hoping that it will sort of help her get over her feelings, which, yeah, if you're taking the steps, good. Shannon's, <laughs> Shannon uh, goes to Tamara and Heather in the van. She just keeps muttering to herself, that kitchen's way too small. <laughs> and and Ch- Tamara goes, driver, let's go. And Shannon goes, no, that's mean. Stop. <laughs> also, you're not planning on cooking in the, on this trip. Why mm. are you acting like the size of the kitchen matters? Yeah. Like- <laughs> that's so Shannon. So Shannon, they get to the villa. Shannon is a little high maintenance this trip in the early goings. Tamara says. Shannon, high maintenance? Oh. <laughs> Tamara says, there's sad Shannon, there's fun Shannon, and then there's vacation Shannon. And Shannon, like, doesn't want the room that's, like, sort of, like, outdoor, like, sort of whatever. She didn't really want any of the rooms, it seemed like. They finally settle on one with, like, this outdoor view, though. And Shannon goes, like, that's pretty. And then, like, takes a second. And I guess there were, I'm assuming there were, like, mosquitoes or whatever, like, flying in. And she goes, Zika? (laughs) (laughs) We had to pause the show. We were laughing so hard. Of course, uh, Shannon would be worried about getting Zika on this fucking trip. Um, Taylor goes to stay at the bunkhouse because the other bedroom is like, she said something like the other bedroom's like all glass walls or whatever. Yeah, it it was basically like a sunroom type of situation. She's like, oh, menopause. (laughs) Yeah, like I'm not dealing with that shit. I don't blame her. Yeah. uh, They get all dressed to go out. Um, Shannon hasn't touched up her makeup yet. And so she's like, I'll just meet you guys down there. I just, I can't like, uh, you know, <laughs> like I've only, I've only, I've only like put on a lip. And so I mean, she goes, I'm doing the best I can. You've been here 30 minutes. Yeah. And Tamara's just like, Oh my God. Okay. We'll just, like, how did you need to touch your makeup up that much? Well, she, well, I think, I think it's because of what happens later. I agree, but it's like, you needed a better excuse. Yeah. Uh, Tamara is driving them in an ATV <laughs> and Heather's like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I, I had the same reaction. Tamara's like, you crashed one time and people don't let you forget it. Like yeah, you put people in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> like You almost killed Vicky. I mean, no, that would have been bad. No. <laughs> Um, Gina, they, they're about to get, uh, stop. And Gina, uh, in the, in the ATV is like, this is like a piss by a tree kind of place. And then it takes like a second of silence. And Heather goes, 
It's a what? <laughs> they go to ride this mechanical bull that they have um, set up. Um, Tamara is like, Heather is not. There were a lot of callbacks um, this episode, like a flashbacks to like, oh, remember that moment from like years past? Yeah. Tamara is like, Heather is not allowed with the controls for the time that of uh, Heather's party where Heather's like, speed that up now that Tamara's <laughs> on it. And, and Tamara broke her arm. <laughs> it was so good. Tamara falls off at uh, this one and goes, I think I tore my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> and then Shannon, so Shannon then arrives. She, Tamara's like, are you riding it, Shannon? And Shannon goes, I can't ride it. It's she, And the way Shannon puts it, it's too vagina. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? She explains in the confessional that she has a, a bony, bony vagina. A bony vagina and does not have a lot of cushion there. Yeah. It's like, Girl, Tamara's like, there's that? surgeries for that. It's like, I would think that would cause problems elsewhere too, right? Is that the John issue? Is that? Uh, <laughs> I said it. Um, they have, they go to have like dinner or whatever, and they have like brisket and stuff like that. Heather, this again was a, Heather is like, so is this a sausage or is this a hot dog? And I know it was innocuous, but it was one of those things where it, it very much like, oh, this is your poor people food. Like, this is <laughs> oh, so we're eating like the poors. Yeah, <laughs> the poors. Poor poors. Um, Gina is. They're eating. Gina's like, this is a dense wiener. <laughs> <laughs> and then it comes up that like Gina and Jen are like sharing this wiener. And then Gina in her confessional. Wow. Gina goes, I mean, I'll be honest from what I'm hearing about Ryan. This isn't Jen's first time sharing wieners. I was like, wow, wow. Gina. Wow. Wow. Um, Tamara asked Taylor and Jen like, hey, you know, you're sort of newer to this group or whatever. Like, tell us something that we don't know about them. And I didn't fucking know this, that apparently Taylor's bisexual. Yeah. And but that doesn't surprise me. Looking back, it's like, oh, yeah, no, I see that. What surprise? So what surprises me is that she's like, I had a five-year relationship at one point with a woman before Russell. The fact that it was before Russell kind of surprised me a little bit. A little bit, but not really, because we saw her on the show, like, after Russell. She was single for a little while, and then she met her current man, and they moved, you know... Really quick. Uh, really quick after that, and she left the show. So, I mean, I'm not surprised that... Because it would have been a problem if she had had a relationship with a woman while she was on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't on the show. And that was at a time, too, where I think, like, being a bisexual housewife would have been so, like... Oh, yeah. Not politicized, but, like, sort of, like, dramatized in a way that's, like... Well, I don't know if it would have been that big of an issue on Beverly Hills. Um, depending. It, it depends. Like, not in the way... Not in, like, a judgy way or not in, like, a, like, you know, you're going to have somebody that's going to be, like, you know... Yeah. Questioning like you know, the validity or it whatever. It wouldn't have been a storyline. But it would be like kind of a little like made fun of, I think. Like like it would be brought up a lot. Maybe. You know, the way we talked about those issues like is like really changed over the it's, years. Like it still bugs me that we use that Taylor screaming meme at the cat. I know. Like knowing now because I knew of the meme before I started watching Bravo. Right. Because of course like it's so popular. So when I went back and we were you were getting me caught up during the early days of the pandemic on all things Bravo, and I saw that scene. Yeah, it's really it's, 
It's really bad in context. It's awful in context. And so every time I see that meme, I'm like, ha ha, oh no, Taylor. I hope, <laughs> my hope is that she can laugh. Like she brought she that does, plush yeah. cat to watch what happens live this episode. Like, yeah. uh, you know, she can take the fun uh, out of it. Um, Jen said that basically she was a flight attendant and that's how she met Will originally. And Gina's like, okay, this is interesting. Like, sort of story. Gina's like, you know, this is the part I needed from Jen. You know, it's unfortunate because I wish we didn't start how we started, but I love the idea that we can form a relationship on this common ground. And I think, yes, I agree. I, I, the way that you like, it's unfortunate how we started. I was like, it's weird to say it like that because I don't think Jen knew you had this issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, um, Tamara says that this was in a bonus scene, by the way, on the Peacock version. Um, Tamara said that she found out um, she was pregnant from a Ouija board that her uh, basically uh, Ryan's father and her and her mom like were doing like a Ouija board thing. And it kept reading baby over and over again, like pointing to her. Mm -hmm. So that's how she found out. She's like, oh, anyone else got a cool story? (laughs) Other than I, you know, the dead, you know, predicting my baby or something. Uh, and then Shannon's like, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I got a UTI from hell last week. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> but you all do that. Cause I told y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shannon says, okay, I got to leave real quick because apparently the person who was supposed to watch the kids didn't show up. And then Gina and them start asking, like, well, what about John? Why didn't John, you know, what? and Shannon's like, Shannon's like, it's, 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 it's weird, you know, and, and leaves. And, but as soon as she leaves, everyone's like, what is with, like, why couldn't John watch the, like, they're all, like, talking yeah. about Shannon and John now. And uh, Tamara's like, you know, it would, you know, Tamara said it's surprised her John doesn't just stay at the house at this point for how long they've been together. It's like, either you're in or you're not. And well. Heather's like, he, well, Heather goes, well, maybe she's not 100% in. Well, it turns out she was, but uh, he weren't. Yeah. Um, and Heather in her confessional, like, gives the full explanation of just, like, at this point in the relationship, like, yeah, there needs to be. But then we cut to Shannon's confessional. And she's just like, I just made that story up to leave the table. Yeah, <laughs> because she has to go to the fucking saloon to get dressed up as a saloon girl to serve them drinks. Uh, she loves a bit. She yeah. loves a bit. Jen tells Tamara, uh, you know, I was really shocked that you're rooming with Shannon, like after all this stuff. And Heather goes, it's a very large house. <laughs> <laughs> Humble brag. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very large house. Yeah. Um, Tara, Taylor makes the point that her that Shannon and Tamara's relationship is like fucking or fighting, that that kind of vibe. Which well. yeah, and Tamara's like you know it's been a long history, but you know she's basically like the past is the past, and you know it's time to move on. And I'm like, well, that's not what Shannon wants, so yep. that's gonna be a problem. Um, Gina's like Shannon in her like Gina voice, um, and but they keep cutting to the saloon, and she's like getting her like you know stuff together and make sure her breasts are like you know fluffed. Uh, I really, so they walk into the saloon, right? Mm-hmm. And she's just like, hello, ladies, like doing her saloon uh-huh. bit, like with the tray with all these shots on it. And then she does her bit and then she has to stop and go, Tamara, can you help me with this? I'm not good with trays. <laughs> also, they had shown before this where she's like trying to fill these shot glasses up oh, so and bad. they keep breaking. Like, what kind of shitty shot glasses are just splitting down the side? Like, but I don't... Is, she does have a bad tendency. Remember when she greeted them in Mexico, or ta- when she greeted Vicky and Tamara in Mexico with the shots and the sombreros, and, like, Vicky, like, fell hugging her and, like, oh, into the glass? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so oh, good. OC is back. 
Um, Shan- they start. They take shots. Uh, Shannon Tamara basically cheers to a new beginning, which is kind of. And Shannon's like, "Yeah, we'll you know we'll move forward and see how it goes." And Tamara goes, "I love you," <laughs> and Shannon goes, "I love you too." And they just start taking more shots. Yeah, and start getting drunker. Um, and so that's nice. They kind of have like a little bonding moment. Um, Heather's talking to Taylor. So this is where this is where we get into the good stuff. So the Heather asked Taylor about the movie, like how's the movie going? And Taylor's like, "Yeah, we're moving forward. I mean, I really wanted you to do it." And Heather's like, "Well, I I didn't think you were serious." And Taylor's like, "You know, I'll be honest. Like, I kind of felt something, and I wasn't really sure if it was a thing of you like not wanting to be in it because like, oh, you're you know you're seeing like, oh, you're a rookie actress." And Heather has this look on her face and. To me, this is where I'm like, this is the not the problem with Heather DeBow. It's great for television. Yeah, like, it's amazing. But to me, if I'm the per, especially when I'm the person who's like, if I have this sort of like either neurodivergent, like we talked about right. before, where I'm like trying to be as kind as possible to the point of you know, mm-hmm. you know, like my response in that moment would be like, oh no, 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 no. That, I, that's not what I think. I didn't mean for it to come across like that. Like, yeah, you know, it it was just because of this thing. But that's not what Heather does. No. Heather, Heather says, I mean, that's a you issue, not a me issue. Yeah. And then Heather starts bringing up the protocol and stuff like that. And this is like, I think Taylor, like you mentioned before, I think Taylor was definitely in her feelings in terms of like, you know, the stuff she was reading from Heather in the lead up to this. And she did cause the problem by not communicating that she had clearance from production to offer her this role. Right. Yeah, Which but, she clearly didn't have clearance because they then wanted a tape from her. I guess she had the clearance to suggest, like, to, like, bring this person in and say, like... Who knows? I don't know. Um, but Heather then starts to bring up the protocol stuff again, which she's right about. Like, yeah. it's, the, the subject, the substance of what Heather's saying is correct. And, but it also feels like at this point, like, Taylor's saying... You were saying Taylor was being shady. There's, like, a couple times I can see that. But a lot of times I think she's just kind of communicating. And Heather is like, I think Heather's insecurities of what she talked about before about like worrying about she, how she can be, be an actress again. Mm-hmm. That's coming into play a lot here. And I think she's taking like really innocuous things Taylor is saying as if they're like the most offensive thing ever. But even though I do think that her insecurities are fueling things. I think she had a real, a, a correct read on some of that because there's no way that Taylor was being shady with Tamara. And then in this conversation, when, because I'm sorry, but when she says this person on this show that I was on, and then she goes, for 22 episodes, yeah, that yeah. was clearly meant as a dig. Well, yeah. And then she. Then she backtracked when Heather called her on it. Sure. But before we get to that, so Heather brings up, like, Heather lays out the protocol, and Taylor goes, okay. And and you have a lot more experience than I do, so you would know about that. And then, like, Heather pulls a face. (laughs) See, that, to me, that felt snide. Do you think? Yes. it, It wasn't so much, well... Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you have a lot more experience, so you clearly know about that. It was I like, th- oh, well, because you have a lot more experience, so you clearly know. But I think It that's- was that. That was completely different, and the meaning of those two statements are the, by, like the, the two ends of the spectrum. I read it the other way, personally. But, and so Heather, again, goes, 
this is something you've built up in your own mind that has nothing to do with me. She's right. <laughs> but like, but like to me, like if you're diffusing, you would be like, I'm sorry. I, you know, gave you that impression or whatever, but you to say, this is something you built up in your mind. Like it's, it's, she does have that. She did it a lot with Shannon on Shannon's first mm-hmm. season where it's like, she puts the onus on the person, but and it like, is on the person. It is. And isn't like, like it is up to me to tell you how I'm thinking and how I'm feeling. And if you aren't picking up what I'm putting down, that's kind of on you. I guess. But, like, at the same time, here's my thing. Heather is already being hit on her uh, insecurities here as well, right? So she's on the defensive. Plus, Taylor came in as Tamara's friend. Tamara being the shady one of Mm -hmm. the group. You, you see what I mean? You're saying you're saying you think I Tam- think that Heather was like, shit. Taylor is starting shit. She's just like Tamra. Well, I, I so there's a moment where I think that isn't the case, and I but I'll, I'm almost there. So Taylor, like you know, is like so like if they reached out to you and like shared the script with you, would you still do it? And Heather's like, I would have to sit and read it and all that stuff, but I would consider it. And Taylor's like, well, let's go from there, and and you know if you're open to it. And then Heather pulls another face. And then Heather in her confessional is like, I'm, I just don't understand. Like, if Taylor is so hurt, why do you want me to be in the movie? Yeah. It's like, because she, it, she's hurt, but it's not in a, like, it's not like a, like, she wants to communicate. Like, I, yeah. that's, where, that's where I'm giving Taylor the benefit of that. Yeah, no, I, I feel ag- like she wants to communicate. I agree. And I think they both want to communicate. I just think that they're both speaking different languages. And they're, they are... Also, both putting out barbs that the other one is picking up and then denying that those barbs exist. Sure. That is very much a rich people thing. Yeah. But so they're like, so are we good now? And they're like, yeah, we're good. And they cheers and, you know, all that. And they're good. But Tamara, Tamara is like, I can't have this. They need to fight more. Uh Like, like it can't be just wrapped up like this. Also, like, I think from a producer standpoint of like, no, you need to draw this fight out a little longer. Well, because there was more to it. But I mean, Tamara's not even the one that started that. Wasn't it, wasn't it, um, it was somebody in the other group over there that mentioned, wait, didn't they want her to re- to test for it? No, 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 no. That, it was Tamara. Oh, that was Tamara? So Tam- like, Tamara goes up to Taylor immediately and is like, so what happened? And Taylor tells her. And Tamara goes, didn't you, like, clearly to where Heather can hear it. Didn't you say the producer said she'd have to try out for it? And she knows that would piss Heather off. She knew, like... But, I mean, I don't even... Because it doesn't have anything to do with the fight. But I don't even think that Heather was pissed off that she would have to audition for the role. Yes, she was. No, 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 no. She was, she was like, I'm sorry, you're going to offer me a role that you didn't have the right to offer me and then turn around and rescind that offer after we have just landed on the I will... will consider the role have them send me the thing right right after we have just landed on that now i find out that this whole time they've wanted me to audition for the role a fact that you kept from me and now when this conversation was gonna happen i would look like a fucking idiot looking like i was getting offered a role but it was after but it was after the boat thing right that that she, Taylor found this up, but Heather doesn't know that. No, I, sure. But my thing is like Tamra bringing this up, 
Like Tam, that was. I feel Tamra knew what Heather's reaction oh, was going to be to her saying that. Um, to quote Tam- someone else on uh, Housewives, um, she's the puppet, and they're all the masters. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she saw how like of Gretchen saying that she got up audition for the Malibu country role as well. Like, yeah, she saw what happened there. Yeah, so like she knew what she was doing, and Taylor. So she asked, like, didn't you say the producer said she that she'd have to try out for it? And Taylor goes, they said they wanted to see a casting tape. And Heather goes, wait, are you serious? The casting director wasn't impressed with my IMDb. And they're and Heather goes, okay. Like, well, was, but I I don't think she's upset that she's gonna have to tape. I think she's upset that this is yet another version of what like the truth like she's now learning more information that she should have had at the beginning and had the the offer come from the production team that would have been handled and now but, it's like this is why i wanted to talk to production and not this to is, just some random person who's playing a five minute role in this movie but it's a little bit of an ego hit because then when they sit down at the table tam heather goes so your IMDb was good enough, but mine needs a casting tape. And it's like, okay. <laughs> but that's not about Heather saying I should have been casted based on my IMDb. It's her going, but you were offered this role. So why are you getting offered this role? And I then have to like, I shouldn't, if you're being offered a role, then I should also be offered a role. That doesn't make sense. That's not an ego thing. That's a fairness thing. Shit. But also Taylor's also I think she Taylor said, says on Watch What Happens Live that she also auditioned for the role. But but also that Taylor's role is actually really minor compared like Heather's role would have been much larger. Sure. But again, that was not made clear. Sure. None of this was made clear. All that was made clear was hey, I'm doing this movie, you should do it too. That's all it was. That's but, all it ever was. And so that's why Heather didn't take it seriously. Shannon, Shannon basically is like, I can see both sides of this. Taylor doesn't know how hiring someone for a film works. That being said, I don't think that Heather's reaction should have been in that condescending tone. But I mean, we're familiar with that tone. And then she smiles. And Shannon's like, because <sighs> Shannon's like, this is literally deja vu from season nine. <laughs> Heather tells Tara, she got the role, but I have to audition. And then starts laughing. And Tamara basically says that Tamara then sells Taylor out. And it's like, you know, Taylor pulled up your IMDb at lunch and Heather smiling, laughing, goes, wow. Okay, Taylor. Like sort of like bring it on, bitch. Like, and this is where Heather goes. What's funny is we were just at the airport and we ran into Diana Ruggiero who created That's Life that I started. And Taylor goes, and I, and I do think it's more shade looking back on it. I didn't read it as shade originally. She goes, 22 episodes. And Heather goes, why are you saying it like that? <laughs> and Taylor goes, because that's a long run. 22 episodes is a lot. And 22 episodes is not a lot, actually. It, it, it's, it's one episode of a sitcom that didn't get picked up for a second season. Yeah. One season of a Yeah. Um, Gina says that this argument is absurd. And she goes, Taylor acts like she's been so offended. Meanwhile, she's never even been in a movie. And Heather's acting like Taylor just came in and took her Oscar away from her like she's Judy fucking Dench. <laughs> Gina's assessment of this whole situation was spot on. Taylor says, like, you know, I'm confused. Taylor literally says, you know, I was confused why they would ask for her a casting tape when you've done so much. And Heather's like, but that sounds very punitive to look me up like that. 
And Taylor, Taylor goes, I just thought with your pedigree and everything that you've done that they would be super excited. And Heather's like, that's very rude the way you're saying that. I thought this was... I was like, huh? I, Isn't Taylor making your point? I don't think that... Number one, I think Taylor's backtracking here. She, you could She's say that, covering yeah. her ass. Um, but I think that Heather has picked up the condescension the whole time and is now assigning the association with dogs to pedigree. Because she goes in the, in the confessional, I mean, I have a pedigree? Am I a dog? No, no, no. Not dog. She says, dog? <laughs> dog? <laughs> she, there was a big accent on there it. Was a, you could tell she was pissed because that, that New York accent came through real quick. Yeah. Tamara, again, Tamara throws Taylor under the bus, though, and she's like, you know, I have to call you out. You know, you did, when we were talking, you didn't think her IMDb was that impressive. And then Taylor goes, when they came back to me and said they wanted a casting tape, I said, let me look at what she's done because now I look fucking stupid. And see, that I could understand if she had led with that. Yeah. If, like, this is just, like, people not communicating. Yeah. But then Heather, Heather then... And people were saying, on, this was so great. And I wrote the whole thing down. It's such a good monologue. Uh, Heather, Heather, like, Heather's ability to come up with this stuff on the fly is so fucking good. It's so good. That is so incredibly rude. I'm someone who has put my entire life on hold, as many women do, for my family. So for you to denigrate my career is not only anti-female, but it's just not nice. And I'm at a crossroads in my life figuring out who I am, and I just find this to be so incredibly rude. And for you to sit with Tamara and talk about my IMDb when you were offered a part and you were never been in anything ever, and I was excited for you. That's the person I am. The person you are making you are is I'm making a mountain out of a molehill when you offered me something that was not yours to offer me in the first place and then talk to all of my friends and shit talk my career fuck you <laughs> iconic and, and it's like okay just show the casting director that that'll get you the part <laughs> like shit yeah <laughs> like <laughs> it's good shit um yeah it's it's really really great stuff it was Taylor Heather knows like Heather doesn't have, Heather has quotable lines, but it's never the like big aggressive line that you would think in housewives, but she had like, it, she has the like, we're done. Please leave. She has the, if you ever, she has, <laughs> she has the, and that, that is the night that, that the, the lights went, went out, out in Georgia. <laughs> like she has that kind of the speech and it's just, this is, this is a moment and I will remember where I was. For the rest of my life when I heard this speech for the first time. And yeah. it's just, uh, it's beautiful. And that, but that was an amazing episode. And then the preview for next week looks so fucking good. Like Taylor fucking reverse Uno carding uh, Tamra and just being, and putting it on her now. And now Heather's mad at Tamra. It's, it's going to be amazing. Like I'm, I'm so excited. I'm really, really excited for it. Really great episode of OC. All right, let's get into these tops and bottoms. We got uh, Drag Race, we got Atlanta, we got OC. What are you thinking, babe? Um, I'll start with my top. You know, I'm I'm actually gonna give it to Tamara. I think Tamara, since she's been back, I, I there's I think it's a direct correlation with how good OC's been with Tamara being back. Mm -hmm. Even when I disagree with her, even when she's clearly has her villainous moments, I can appreciate the story that she's driving and and. In the sort of, not in when I say story, I mean like in the sort of like 
natural sense of things. Like I love them again, the moment where she was like, no, this Heather Taylor thing needs to go a little bit further. And I was so glad that she did that because it led to such a good moment. Yeah. And she does it very coyly and very like, well, and she, she created what housewives is today, you know? Um, and it, she is really the person like everybody can say, you know, or like OC was the first show. Yeah, fine. Um, and you know, between Jersey and New York, one of those two put, you know, the whole housewives thing on the map. Mm-hmm. Fine. If you want to say that as far as a franchise goes, but I think the person who defined what housewives would be, is Tamra. Oh, for sure. And everybody who even tries to fill a villain role is emulating Tamra. Um, at least any of the good ones. And it's just, she deserves credit for all of this. You know, um, she, she really created this whole thing that we love, you know. Yeah. I, I'm just glad to see her back on the screen. Um, bottom for this week, I'll, I'll give it, you know, I'm going to have to give it to Marlo again. Like it's so easy to, I know. Right. It's just like, I just wasn't invested. The problem is I wasn't invested in the dating thing more than anything. Like because of everything that's been happening, it's like, I see your story playing out to where it's like, you want this like more like sweeter moment. And it's like, I'm not taking it because it's, I know it's, for a larger purpose than what we're yeah. actually seeing. Like it's, that's the part that frustrates me more than anything. It's that like, I want to like this. I want to like this scene. This should, this yeah. scene should have things I like about it. And it's like, I don't like, yeah. Well, um, I think I'm, I'm also going to pick Marlo as my bottom. So okay. I'm just going to tack on to yours a little bit Please here. Do. <laughs> um, I think what really said it, cause, uh, Personally, nobody else was really egregious this week. Mm-hmm. She was just the standout. I mean, and she wasn't even as bad as she's been in the past. No, not this no. was pretty innocuous from her. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I had a really big problem watching that dating scene right after watching her be so two faced mm-hmm. on the phone with Drew. Drew, and it's just that really rubbed me the wrong way, and it really like. That whole thing was just, it was gross. Yeah. It's like, you don't treat people like that. There's no excuse for that. Um, I think my top for the week is going to be Heather. Mm. Just because of that damn speech, man. <laughs> like, that's just, that is, that is um, a, a moment in culture to steal a line from Las Culturistas. Um, and it just, it's. I think something that really um, is just one of those dramatic things that will get quoted for years to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, and I love Heather DeBro anyway. Like I make no secret about it. Um, I, I do kind of wish that we had gotten a cut to the side to see G- Gina like, filming it on her phone or like <laughs> on a FaceTime with, with she was loving it with Emily so that Emily could because you know she wanted to, to to gossip with Emily about this. Um and Emily is gonna be so mad that she missed this. Um so it's just I I love because I think 
I identify with Gina a lot mm-hmm. in that I would just be sitting over in the corner and watching this shit with a bowl of popcorn. Like, it's, it's so good. It's such good television. And to be there in the moment watching it happen live, I can just die and go to heaven now because that's, that's it. My life is fulfilled. I, it doesn't get better than this. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. Heathered bro, man. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers, who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. <laughs>